Hey everyone, welcome to Game Phase, episode 286 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for today's whip around the gaming industry. It's been a kind of slow week there, Matt. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Well, I think a lot of it, man. I mean, Holy moly. Be a slow week after the Activision thing. But... Yeah, that's true. Uh, but no real huge game releases this week. No. We have one coming up on Friday. Had a pretty big bombshell for me this morning with EA, but... yeah. Yeah, we'll, well talk good about news. That. Yeah, yeah. Know, Big yeah. announcement from EA today regarding Star Wars. We're going to talk about that on the show for sure. Um, I got that queued up for Matt, obviously. I'm sure you're excited about that. So am I. I think everybody probably is. Um, but otherwise, it's been a pretty slow week in the games industry. Um, we had that bombshell that dropped last Tuesday right before we did the show. Um, and that was pretty much it mm-hmm. for the whole week. We have put together a pretty interesting show for you guys. We are going to circle back on the Activision Blizzard stuff because... When we talked about it, we didn't know everything because the story had just broke. And across the course of the next three or four days, a bunch of other details come out. So we're going to spin back on that, but we're not going to spend as much time on it as we did last week. Uh, We do have one game we're going to talk about that both of us played, and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I don't know if you did or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we do have a pretty good show for you guys today. We do have some housekeeping before we get going. First of all, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge, uh, the fantasy league that you guys participate in, entries for that close tomorrow at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. So you have rest of day today and all day tomorrow to get your entries in. Um, And then after that, it's closed off and you cannot enter. Uh, So make sure you get those in. Um, There is a link in the header at sifted.net that'll take you straight to the page where you need to make your picks. Um, What else we got here? Uh, We launched a new podcast this week. I teased it on Game Face last week. We launched it. We've now done two episodes. It is a brand new podcast called Good Morning Gaming that launches every morning, Monday through Friday. It's not long. It's 20 to 25 minutes every day. Uh, I guess the synopsis would be we tackle five or six of the big news stories from the day. And then at the end, I have what's called a boss fight where I address a topic that may or may not be related to gaming. So far, they all have been. But eventually on down the road, I want to leave the door open to touch on stuff that may be a little bit outside of gaming. Uh, So far, the response to the podcast has been great. I highly recommend that you hook up your Sifted Radio podcast feed if you have not done it yet. I know I've asked you guys to do this a bunch of times. Uh, That is where the podcast is going, um, and it will be in your inbox in the morning, even if you live in Europe. So we publish the show here around 11 p.m., 10.30, 11 p.m. Pacific, and then Europe is around eight hours earlier. So we have designed the podcast, and we published the podcast so that even our sifters in Europe get it as soon as they get up. It's sitting on their phone, and they can listen to it on their way to work, on the train on the way to work, or if they're just eating breakfast, having a coffee. Whatever you do in your morning to get yourself ready for the day, uh, that podcast will be there Monday through Friday, ready for you to listen to it. Really excited about it. hope you guys check it out. Um, it is locked under the $4 or more tier on our Patreon. If you want to watch or listen to the show, you do, need, you do need to be pledging at that tier or higher to get it. Uh, folks on YouTube who subscribe to us, you do need to subscribe to the Sifted All Access tier on YouTube instead of just the Pactor Factor Game Face tier uh, that most of you are subscribed at right now. So anyway, really excited about the show. It's gone well so far. Anytime you launch a new show, you're nervous if people mm-hmm. are going to like it. You're really nervous if it's going to suck. <laughs> this is a new concept for me, um, and I think it's going pretty well so far. We're two episodes in. 
the formula, the production, everything will get honed as time goes on as I figure out what works and what doesn't work. It'll just keep getting better, but I'm pretty happy with the first couple episodes so far. Seems like you guys are too. There's been a lot of positive reaction to it on Sifted. Um, so pretty excited about that. What else do we have? Oh, I got my PS5 console covers this mm-hmm. week, Matt. My now finally have a black PS5. <laughs> um, it took a little longer than I had hoped. Um, I've hoped in the first year I would be able to get plates, official plates from PlayStation, but I got them on Monday, I think it was. No, it was it was late last week. Um, and I put pictures up on my Twitter feed. I'm at Dinfire, by the way. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't want them, and now that I see these photos, hmm. I think I want them now. I love it in all black. Um, I wish they had launched with that color and made white the option. Um, but now I'm with, I have the conundrum of I have a white controller that doesn't match my console. Hmm. My birthday's coming up here in like two weeks, so I think I'm going to ask for a black controller to match the console. Uh, but those were, they are 50 bucks. That's way too much. Yeah. I mean, those plates probably cost $4 to make, and they're charging $50 for them. Um, so the cost, it's, a, it's too steep. I'll be perfectly honest with you. But now that I have the console covers, I don't regret buying them, if that makes sense. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> they're out there. There's like three colors right now, I think, that you can get. I just got the black. Um, it looks great. The other thing, too, about it is that only the official ones have the PlayStation logo kind of carved out of them. Mm-hmm. When you're putting your plates on, you can just take a piece of tape and just stick it behind where the logo goes, and then it'll shine through the cutout. Um, so I just use white tape, so my PlayStation logo looks white on my black PS5. Uh, you can use whatever color you want. Just get a piece of colored tape, slap it behind there, and you can see the tape through the cutout on the PlayStation 5 shell. Uh, tomorrow is Michael Pactor's birthday. Um, if you don't want to wait until tomorrow when you probably forget, maybe you can head on over to Twitter right now, at Michael Pactor, and wish him a happy birthday for tomorrow. I know he'd appreciate it a lot. Uh, let's show some love for the pack on his birthday, Sifters. Sifted is run by Aquarians. It is, actually. That's <laughs> hilarious. I didn't think about that. Um, the water All bears. three of us. That's true. That's crazy. Um, I don't believe in any of that crap. <laughs> I don't either. Astrology, no, I don't believe in any of it. Um, and then, finally, something that we couldn't get into the show today, because it literally just happened like 30 minutes ago, is that Blizzard just announced a brand new game. It's a survival game. Did you see this? Uh, yeah. Like the, yeah, I saw like with a weird little concept art. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a choice yep, to announce that right now. They're trying to drum up interest in it, in employees, basically. Yeah. Because they're trying to staff up. And I would imagine right now it's kind of difficult for them to get employees who want to sign on. Yeah, it's a little bit like, come, come dive in the toxic sludge pool. <laughs> or come work someplace where there's tons of volatility and you have no idea yeah. if you'll have your job in like yeah, eight months. Let's, let's see if this game survives the next year. <laughs> like, you know. Exactly. Um, so anyway, that was announced earlier today. And then also the Star Wars stuff was announced earlier today. And we'll get to that in the show. That was announced in time for us to be prepared for it. Um, I think that's it. Um, again, don't forget, Sifted Fantasy Challenge. Get your entries in before end of day tomorrow. That's Wednesday, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. At that point, it's cut off. And then everyone who's entered can go and check out where they land on the scoreboard. It'll be at that very same URL where you go to make your picks. Um, And that's the exciting part when you kind of see what everyone else chose and kind of shape up the competition. We have one game coming out on Friday that's probably on a lot of people's lists, um, and that's Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, Mm -hmm. whatever the hell you want to call it. 
that comes out on Friday, and that might be on a few people's lists. So we should have some scores rolling into the Sifted Fantasy Challenge really soon here. Okay, I think that's it. Let's head to the chat, though, and see if anyone's hooked us up with Twitch. Oh, there's plenty of Twitch oh, Prime in here. Quite a few. Let's see. Let's scroll up. Oh, there's a bunch. So I, I did ask Shane anything this Saturday, and Steve came on, and it is, in fact, supposed to be Le Steve D. Le Steve D. <laughs> I'm like, I apologize for calling you Lesteved for the last five years. And he's like, it's cool. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, let's see. FF8 Master C. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Corey Film. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Texture Glitch. Thank you. These are people that subscribe since the last show, I think. Um, who else we got here? I know there's a few more. Lesteved, thank you for all the subs that you're gifting our users. That's awesome, man. You did it again. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> we already hit the... Oh, this, you did Lesteved again. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep calling him that. <laughs> it's going to be our inside joke. Thank you, Lesteved. Um, both Tubes, thank you for Twitch Prime. Fire Native, thank you for Twitch Prime. Yeah, when I saw Lesteved, I always just... Oh, that must be like some kind of Final Fantasy character. <laughs> exactly. Like well, I thought it was from Interview with a Vampire, and it turns out it that's was... That's Lestat. Lestat, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Jose Holiday, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, Glottis021, thank you for Twitch Prime. You guys are awesome. 43 months. That's yeah. incredible, man. Thank you. That's amazing. AJ the Legend Watson, how you doing, man? Thank you for Twitch Prime. Hope you had a good holiday season. Got to talk to him on Ashley and Anything just before Christmas. Cody S. Carter, thank you for Twitch Prime. And I think that's it. I think we're ready to rock. That uh, <laughs> This emoji right here that Eric Cartman has posted. It looks like Ryan Stevens. <laughs> I don't know if we got that from the hype train or what, but uh, that looks like Ryan Stevens. Uh, one Super Master Gamer, thanks for getting in there at Twitch Prime right before we kick things off. And that's what we're about to do, people. It's time to kick off the show, and we're going to kick it off with Activision Blizzard. So we talked about this. I think it ended up being like a 45 or 50-minute conversation in last mm -hmm. week's show. We're not going to spend that much time on it today. We're just going to wrap up a few details that have come to light since last Tuesday. And there's a lot, actually, to get to. So maybe it will be a little bit longer than I thought. Um, Matt, one of the biggest things that we were kind of confused on last week was what was going to happen with Bobby Kotick, um, the CEO of Activision. Most people hate him. I was going to say he's a love-it-or-hate-it guy, but I think most people hate him. Um, so he's really, I guess, just a hated guy. Uh, there was confusion over what was going to happen with him when we did the show last week. And honestly, they tried to clarify what was going to happen with him, but there ended up still being conflicting reports. Mm -hmm. So essentially, Microsoft says that Bobby is going to stay. That's it. Mm -hmm. Bobby Kotick is going to keep his job. Then Bloomberg, I believe it was Jason Schreier. There might have been someone else. There's actually a couple other people writing game stuff over there now. It's not yeah, all Bloom Schreier. Especially on this subject. Yeah. Like Bloomberg got very, very excited. Yeah, so I don't want to credit this to Schreier. I'm not 100% sure if it was him. But I do know that Bloomberg reported that he's only staying until the deal closes. And mm -hmm. then he will be out. That sounds more... Likely. Likely, And yeah. it, it makes more sense. Like, all the, a lot of the Microsoft stuff statements have been like, okay, you are... Like, with so many high-profile mergers... They are projecting the image of stability, mm -hmm. and they are not going to talk about big changes until those big changes basically happen, mm -hmm. um, which is not going to be until, like we said, year, year and a half from now. 20, mid-2023 is basically what, they're, what they've been saying is, like, the finalization time. Yeah. So that's another point. That also came out in the last week is that it looks like everything's not going to be wrapped up until, like, mid-2023. Yeah, June 2023 was sort of the target date. 
that's a long ways away. Um, and it will probably slip. Like this is a very you know probably slip a couple months. Like it's a you know I remember when we when the merge happened with uh, Universal and NBC. Like that took almost two years. Mm-hmm. Like that process was very, very slow, very, very long. And like you got it. It's not. It's not like a legal thing necessarily. It's just like that's part of it. But it's also like figuring out where how this works, where this goes, where the, this redundant department. What does that mean? You take people from this department, put them in the existing department, and kind of merge into one department. You get rid of the entire other department entirely. Like it just. It's on and on. it's just logistical decisions for year for years. Literally. Yeah, yeah. But you can do a lot of that stuff after the deal is finished. Well, the deal being finished is not the same as the merger finishing, which is what they're talking about here. It's like like the like they're saying June twenty twenty three is when you would see Activision become part of Microsoft functionally. Um, the deal is pretty much done, um, unless somebody raises some serious uh, antitrust issue, which is not going to happen because there is no antitrust issue here. Yeah, um, there's a lot of bookkeeping that needs to yeah. take place before. It's sealed. Yeah. So basically, like, like the other thing is like once Activision is merged into Microsoft, what's Kodak going to do? Like they don't need him. Count his money. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, he's going to walk away with $17 billion and not have to clean up any of his own mess. Yeah. But like if you, why, why would you keep him? Like you don't yeah. need to keep him. Like you're, they're going to go under the same banner as uh, you know everybody, well, think, everything else, and there's people running that already at Microsoft. You don't need someone to be in his position. I well, the irony is, I think Microsoft is doing it as you mentioned earlier to project stability among people who work at Activision Blizzard, so that they know that their quote unquote leader is still there. But I don't know that most of the employees find any comfort in Bobby Kotick at all. No. That's the irony, like. Who would? No. Well, because that's not about the employees. It's about the investors. Right. You're trying to project confidence and stability for the people investing. Yeah. Um, you don't want to lose them. You don't want to lose their confidence because uh, that can send some stuff tumbling pretty fast. You don't want you want to pay $70 billion for something that then loses a third of its value because everybody thinks you're going to fire the guy who made it a success. I actually have a question that I don't know the answer to. What will happen to Activision Blizzard's stock um, once the deal is finalized? I believe it, it will. I, I believe it will basically fold into Microsoft. And so, then, do you then get if you own that stock? Do you then get shares of Microsoft? I think that's what that ends up converting to. Like a prorated yeah. amount or something. I think that's what. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Exactly yeah, either. How that works. It's interesting. Um, what else we got here? Phil Spencer has been a busy guy this week. Um, the big question that everyone is wondering, and we weren't one hundred percent sure on this last week either, was what is going to happen with exclusivity for. Activision Blizzard's games. Mm-hmm. Are they going to keep being released on PlayStation platforms going forward or on the Switch? Or mobile, I think, is safe. PC is safe. But really, it's Switch and PlayStation. What's going to happen there? And also, we kind of <laughs> we got really obscure language from Phil Spencer on this this week. Which yeah, he, you could the, take, the wording on this was very clever. You I could thought. take it either way, basically. Yeah. Um, his direct quote was... Um, Microsoft has, quote, a desire in keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation, unquote. Mm -hmm. So that could mean two things. It could mean all future Call of Duties are going to continue to be released on PlayStation platforms. Or it could mean that anything that has been released so far on PlayStation will remain on PlayStation and Microsoft will continue to support those games. Right. That's probably also that that his statement on that is in the same sentence as saying that they intend to honor all existing agreements. Yeah. Which Which he says. Right. But uh, to me, that says we're going to keep it on PlayStation as long as those existing agreements force us to. Right. Um, And how are you reading this? What do you think he's saying? They're going to finish out what has to happen. And then that's going to leave PlayStation. So like, you, again, this is part of projecting 
continuity and confidence and stability. Like mm -hmm. you don't want to make it look like you're going to step in and shake everything up and change everything and freak the, the investors out. He's like, nope, nothing's going to change. We're just going to figure this out. And we're going to, and once everything's you know, locked down, we know how everything's going to work. Then we'll say Call of Duty's going away from PlayStation because we don't owe you any more contracts. Uh, it, that also, if they if they did have a, you know our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, what does how does that frame it? It frames it as oh we really want to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, but when the time comes and we say it's not going to be on PlayStation anymore, we're like, we really want it to be on PlayStation, but we just couldn't come to an agreement with Sony because mm -hmm. they wanted weird things, so it's just not going to happen. Sorry, like that's that covers you on that for however you want to spin that when it, when the time comes. My guess is the only ongoing, eventually, the only ongoing Call of Duty that's going to be on PlayStation is going to be Warzone. Yeah. And, Free uh, to play. And I would guess, I would bet that you will get the content on that after. Oh, yeah. Xbox, Xbox and PlayStation like and PC, you'll probably get it a few Three months, months beforehand. Or, yeah, something like that. Um, you don't spend seventy billion dollars and hand, no. one of, hand the, the cherry IP over <laughs> to your competitor. You like don't. It just doesn't work that way. I, I agree with you. I think this is saying, like, once those contracts are done, sayonara. Yeah. Once those con all bets are off. Like, yeah. may, like I said before, like last week, um, is it possible they could strike some crazy deal that gives them a huge leverage and huge advantage and cash payout uh, every time they put Call of Duty on PlayStation and they would go for that? Sure. But, like, is Sony going to go for that? Historically, Sony does not deal in that, reg in that yeah. way. So I think part of this is... Um, yeah, part of it's trying to project stability for the shareholders, and part of it is um, there's some weasel wording here that basically makes gives them a way to say it's Sony's fault when that happens. Yeah. We really want to stay on PlayStation, but Sony, but. Just, Sony just didn't want to play ball, so it's not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. If you're mad, go yell at Sony. Here's another quote from Phil Spencer. Quote, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon mm -hmm. acquisition of Activision, Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. See, this, that's, that's the sentence I was talking about. Like, that's, that's laying that groundwork of, like, we told them we want to keep it on PlayStation. The unspoken part of that is, like, but we're going to need to make some deals yeah. on that. And Sony historically doesn't really do that. Yep. Yeah, I... I don't think it's looking good for Activision Blizzard games to continue to be released on PlayStation. Yeah, I, think. I don't think they're going to pull anything. Like, I don't think you're going to see, like, it's just like. Sir, they're not going to pull down the yeah, servers. Just like for Bethesda. Vanguard. Like, you're not going to see Skyrim not for sale on PlayStation Network. Right. You know, like, but going forward past 2023, I think all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. I think, do you think they'll leave all the games in the marketplace and stuff? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then. As the week went on, we started getting more interesting quotes that explained stuff a little bit more. Um, I don't know if it was Phil Spencer or someone else at Microsoft that said that the sexual misconduct scandal, I think it was Phil Spencer, the sexual misconduct scandal at Activision Blizzard prompted Microsoft to make a move. Mm -hmm. Basically, it sensed weakness. Yeah, smelled blood. Blood in the water and was like, oh, this is the time yeah. to swoop in and grab them. And they knew all those dickheads that run that company we're not gonna have, and we're not interested in cleaning up the mess yeah and they're like oh we could handle that we could do that and in the process we get all these incredible ips yeah um because i guarantee like I, I said it last week too but i guarantee like microsoft is not just looking at like oh we get call of duty and crash bandicoot and the blizzard stuff like activision is sitting on a giant vault of ip you could turn into tons of cool things like microsoft could take all this stuff and do i mean Hand banjo over to Toys for Bob. I know. Like I know. 
hello. There's a like, lot of opportunity. Like yeah. you're getting all these incredible developers that have been stuck in the the Call of Duty slave pits for the last like half decade or longer. Yep. Like free High Moon, free Raven, free Toys for Bob. Get these guys out there doing some real stuff. Like, Sledgehammer. Absolutely. Like, you know. It, it, you could absolutely get some some gold out of these developers and, and let them do what they're good at again as opposed to just being a cog in that machine. Like, that's been the real tragedy of Activision is, like, I re- I've liked almost everything High Moon's ever made, and, like, they've just been non-existent for all these years because, like, they got, you know... They fall, got roped into Fall the... Cybertron did not do what they were hoping it would do, and they got thrown into the, the map-making pits. That was it. Yeah. Oh, it turns out Activision does own Spyro. So that's something to clarify mm, from right. last week. They do own Spyro. That'd be fun. Uh, so that's another property that could be revived. Um, and in fact, that is something also that Phil Spencer talked about this week, is that he is interested in reviving franchises from Activision's vault. Um, any spring to mind immediately, Matt? Um, I mean, I go back to some of the Atari stuff. Like, I would love to see somebody take a like do like a modern take on Cosmic Arc. Oh, yeah. Or, wow. Uh, <laughs> You know, a, That's interesting. Barnstormer. Barnstormer. River Stamp, Raid. Stampede. <laughs> Pitf- I mean, pitfalls do for something, right? You could do yeah. an Uncharted-style pitfall thing. Yeah, you totally could. Um, yeah, like there's there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, I'm trying to think. It's been so long since I associated Activision with anything <laughs> other than the f- one game they put out a year. But like they used to, they were very pr- prolific back in the day. They were. I mean, they were the most prolific back in the day, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, as I said last week, it was the first... Uh, gaming company I ever really fanboyed out on was Activision's games for the Atari 2600 because they were just better. They and they were, were exciting at the time because, like, you know, they were the first time, like, uh, a bunch of, like, you know, it was basically it was a bunch of disgruntled Atari employees who, like, didn't feel they were getting the credit they deserved and weren't being treated as creative workers and formed their own company. And that yeah. was it. And then, of course, Activision went the same way, and so that's how EA spun off of that. But, like... Um, it was it was a good deal. It was, it was a cool like kind of rebellious thing uh, at the time. But you like, um, I'm looking through a little uh, thing here. They've got Zork. They've got Heavy Gear, Vigilante Eight, Tenchu. Wow. Tony Hawk, Soldier of Fortune, Lost Kingdoms, uh, True Crime. I think that's somebody else now. <laughs> um, they did publish it back in the day though. Yeah. Uh, Guitar Hero. Uh, they've been the publisher for James Bond forever. That's um, right. And they've been sitting on that IP. Although someone's working on a James Bond game right now. Yeah. I wonder what will happen with that. Um, I don't think it'll happen. I mean, I think that license jumps from place to place. Yeah. Uh, Blur. Oh, yeah. Singularity. Yeah. Uh, a couple of when they tried to be creative as a prototype. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty big one um, that they could revive. Skylanders? I feel like Skylanders got some life. Not as a Toys to Life thing. Yeah, but I they think have you to could, rework it in you some could, If you go more of a, of a Lego direction yeah. with it. Um, I yeah. mean, that's a big list. There's it a is. lot of IP in there. Um, so if they if they truly are interested in reviving IP and they have all these new studios now that conceivably could work on new projects, it could be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some rumblings that Call of Duty may jump away from its annual release schedule. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, uh, no skin off mine, frankly. I mean, I, I, I think financially that would be a huge mistake. I don't. I don't know. Like I think, but I think like. I mean, do you, you think the? If I think you might not need off, it. The next year is going to sell forty million. No, I think the next year is going to be Halo. I think you do a rotation system. So like mm. each year you got Call of Duty, then you get Halo, then you get Gears of War, then you go back to Call of Duty, you go back to 
Hey, like you'd you, be leaving so much money on the table, though, if to do that. Yeah, but they don't really care, do they? I guess money doesn't matter to them at the end of the day. I mean, that's really what kind of has been discovered here over the last week is that Microsoft just doesn't care about money anymore. It doesn't need to. Um, the other notable thing about uh, Activision's output was just how much licensed stuff they did. They did Marvel and Star Wars for a long time, yep. publication-wise. I do wonder, too, though, if... Call of Duty does, in fact, go to an every two years or every three-year schedule, if that would lead Microsoft to be more open to releasing it on PlayStation, trying to make up for the money that they lose by not doing it every year. Maybe, but at the same time, they just want you in that that Game Pass ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, they're also on PC. Like, it's like they've, they've... I mean, I think, you know, ideally you gain enough market share that you don't need to worry about what it would sell on PlayStation. Yeah, you, you would know? think. Like you would also you're also going to sell a lot of copies of Elder Scrolls 6 on PlayStation, but mm -hmm. they're not going to do that. Yeah. Like I wonder if Elder Scrolls is already locked in for a PlayStation. Nope. Hmm. Elder That's... Scrolls hasn't even started development yet. Like yeah. I mean, no. it literally is in pre-production right. No. I mean, now. they've already said pretty much outright Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 are not coming to PlayStation. Yeah. Like Starfield certainly isn't. So why would Elder Scrolls 6? Yeah, that's a good point. That'll be another huge inflection point. Yeah, you want to play Elder Scrolls 6, you're going to need a gaming PC or an Xbox. That's yeah, it. That seems like it. Um, and then the final thing from all this that was revealed this week, also from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg, um, he reports that the employees at Activision Blizzard are very happy about the acquisition. Mm. <laughs> surprise, surprise. After all the crap that they've been through, um, that they would be happy that new leadership is coming in. That makes perfect sense. Um, and then something kind of unrelated to that. We got some news today that the official subscriber count of Game Pass is actually 25 million subscribers, which is 5 million less than what um, Justin Strelsnick, I think is his name, the CEO of Take-Two, he had said in a call not long ago that it was at 30 million. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, Microsoft's official numbers are 25. Um, how does It feels like maybe things have slowed down a little bit for Game Pass. Maybe. But, like, this will help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. And maybe this is that's part of the onus on why. Yeah, they like did, you they, don't have to pay for Call of Duty anymore. Right. And maybe that's what they were looking at. They're like, okay, we have this curve for Game Pass. It's just spiking straight up. Yeah. And maybe it started to dip a little bit and they're like what are we gonna do yeah and like <laughs> throw some money the around. only other like annual annual title you could do that with it would be like of equal importance would probably be madden or fifa yeah. and you can't really do that because you need to make the actual money from those to pay the license the license holders yep um like you're not gonna make enough cash from madden on game pass to you know yeah. To, to to justify the cost of the NFL license. Yeah. Um. But Call of Duty, you don't need. Luckily, you don't need to license war from anyone. So. <laughs> yeah. World War II is still mm -hmm. open domain. You can do whatever you want with it. Um. So. That's the latest on Microsoft after the big Activision Blizzard announcement. Let's jump into the chat really quick here and see if they have anything to say. I know this news isn't as big as it was last week, but maybe you guys still have some comments in here. Um, Andy T. Monahan streamers only rely on annualized COD releases for a lot of their content. They do. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Fire Native Elder Scrolls is not even a full title yet. Accurate. Um, Vincent, because Microsoft hasn't taken any existing IP from Sony yet. I'm not sure what that means. What that was in response well, to. They haven't taken anything at all yet. Like nothing. Yeah. Nothing is released exclusively on Xbox after any of these deals yet. Yep. 
Um, but you're not going to see Avowed on PlayStation, even though the Pillars of Eternity games are on PlayStation. Um, another one from Andy T. Monahan. Halo Online doesn't sustain as well as COD games do. A lot of money left, whether or not annualizer kept on one platform. Mm. Yeah. It really depends how much many resources they want to throw at COD. Like, um, again, I would prefer them, them to free up these other developers to do other stuff and, like, just expand the, the Call of Duty team to handle whatever workload they want them to handle. Um, I did not care for Activision's strategy of like, oh, you made one game that underperformed, you're getting folded into the Call of Duty team, and you're never making an original product again. Yeah. So, um, Vincent reminds us that IO Interactive is the ones that are working on the Bond game. They're mm-hmm. the people who make the Hitman franchise. Yeah. I mean, the, the licenses fly around. You know, obviously, the Marvel license is not with Activision anymore. Um, the uh, you know Transformers they've done a lot of Transformers games um, but like there's no guarantee that's ever going to come back. Also, Hasbro has shown a complete lack of interest in real Transformers video games. They prefer doing mobile cash grab microtransaction crap and you know the Cyberverse game that just came out, which is which is you know clearly aimed at a different audience. Um, I would love to see them continue the Cybertron series with High Moon, but like that's never going to happen. Yeah, I, highly doubtful. Um, one Supermaster Gamer says Call of Duty is definitely still coming out every year. I don't know where he got that confirmation. I don't. I think, think that's was... just his expectation. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, let's see if there's anything else in here before we move on. Um, Dying Light 2 next Friday, boys. Yes, it is. There's <laughs> Honestly, this is the calm before the storm this week. Mm-hmm. From this week on until, like, May, it is just plastered Damn. with game releases. Mid-April. I yeah, I don't think there's a lot in mid-April. Okay, but well, like, we got two two and a half some, months here of yeah, really there's something good stuff. big starting next week. There's some or this week, this Friday. There's something big every week until I think at least the second week of April. Erebus uh, Jones says maybe they split COD multiplayer out from single player and only release single player content year on year and treat six v six as a game as a service. Hmm. So you're saying. They would give multiplayer to PlayStation, but not the campaign. No, I think he's talking about release schedule. Oh, like multiplayer would be a consistent thing that would never re- relaunch, but there would be campaign gotcha. content. That so multiplayer is a game as a multiplayer. Service. Yeah, multiplayer is just a constant thing that this just that alters updated. and changes and updates, but does not get re-released as a new game every year. I mean, that makes sense. Which is yeah, that's it's really absurd how they make these little tweaks to it, and sometimes which the, also seems to be their plan with Halo. So. Yeah. A lot of times the little tweaks that they make are actually tweaks that the game had before that they ditched that they returned to. You see that happen with Madden as well all the time. They'll introduce a feature, people will hate it, they'll take it out, and then five years later they reintroduce it like it's a new feature again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really weird. Um, Okay, I think you guys have had your say on our second take on the Activision Blizzard purchase. How are you feeling now that... We've had a week to kind of let it simmer. More information has come out. Your impressions or opinions on the thing in general changed at all? No, about the same. Yeah. Like, makes sense, more or less. Uh, it's a ridiculous price, but it'll probably, you know, they make they make that much money in, like, a like a month off a of Game Pass. Well, they make, like, $4 billion a month off Game Pass at that subscription level with that many subscribers. Not a math major, but that sounds about right. Yeah. Which is so, crazy. Uh, yeah, they're doing okay. <laughs> Think and Call of Duty's right. going to pay off for them, and the other stuff's yeah. going to pay. It's going to, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, Microsoft has a much better chance of actually uh, fixing what's wrong with the co- company culture at Activision Blizzard than uh, any of the people that run Activision yeah. were going to. So I have 
pretty high confidence in, in Microsoft coming and cleaning house and figuring out how to do all that, right? Yeah. Uh, Microsoft has not had any serious scandals in that regard, so they seem to at least be aware of it. If not, you know, their track record's not perfect, but they're doing better than, than Activision. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think overall it's a positive thing. I believe the, the claim that, like, the Activision Blizzard employees are happy about the acquisition. I would certainly be glad if... Yeah, I don't leadership... want that to get lost in the shuffle of this story. I would certainly be yeah. glad that, like, that you know, to see that leadership get wiped off the board and replaced with, you know, something closer to Microsoft. Yeah. So, How about Bobby Kotick reporting to to Phil? I mean, I'm sure I that love doesn't, that. I'm sure I that love doesn't that. mean anything. Like, I, I envisioned in my head Bobby Kotick having to go into his office and be the subordinate. And I was like, Yeah, oh. but you know that's not happening. <laughs> A man can dream. Um, but yeah, that's like Bobby. Bobby would just be like, "What are you gonna do? Fire me? Like yeah. I'll just go home and cry on my billions." Yeah, you know, like you can't do anything to him. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. What? When do you think we'll have the final word on like exclusivity and stuff? Do you think we have to wait until the deal oh, think, is yeah. finally signed I think and everything? Twenty three. I mean, I mean, the deal is pretty much signed. Yeah, like we're t- we're waiting for the actual merger to happen and, and business to start being done daily as a single company. Won't there be like a a bunch of SEC checks that have to um, be completed? No, I think that's already happened. Before they announced the deal, yeah, I, I'm okay. pretty sure that you don't have you don't get to talk about any of this until you've been approved in that regard. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think they need they don't need to talk about that until it happens. Basically, yep. So there you go. That's us putting the cap on top of the Activision Blizzard purchase by Microsoft. I agree with Matt. I don't think we're going to get any more information on this stuff for quite a while. No. There's just so much crap that has to happen before they can start talking about that stuff. So we'll have to put a cap on it for now, um, and we'll probably come back to it at the end of the year, early next year, my guess. We'll probably start getting some information trickling out. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody pointed out in chat that Perfect Dark's on the way. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a new Perfect Dark coming. So... Um, I would argue Activ- or that Activision and Blizzard can fill the void for Microsoft of needing third-person action games. And so I hope some of those studios might be working on stuff like that in addition to things that they were already working on and that they can finish up first. So there you go. That's Activision Blizzard in a nutshell. Next up, we're going to talk about PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility. <clears throat> It's backwards compatibility was this huge story, Matt, before PS5 and Xbox Series launched. Everyone thought it was a huge deal. Microsoft, it can't be argued that Microsoft did a poor job with this backwards compatibility on Series. It's done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be argued that PlayStation is in a place where it has not done a great job with this backwards compatibility. It did do a good job with PS4 stuff, but as of right now, we're waiting for everything else. PS3, PS2, PS1. As we've mentioned on Game Face many times before, the architecture for PlayStation consoles has been a huge detriment to PlayStation trying to get backwards compatibility to work on a level that Microsoft has got it to work. Microsoft's machines have all basically been PCs in a little box, shuttle PCs, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Emotion Engine. You have all these proprietary pieces of hardware that, that Sony has built over the years, and now it's kind of biting them in the ass. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is that uh, is the the PS3. Like, the cell processor um, is a giant roadblock because it's very difficult to emulate. It's very power intensive to emulate, and it doesn't map onto any existing architecture. Um, it's not that hard to, to to emulate PS1 and PS2, but like 
PS1 and PS2 backwards compatibility is a limited audience at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a nostalgia-driven thing. Going back to most of those games is very difficult if you've never played them before. And they did it with the PS3. Yeah. I mean, PS3 was backwards compatibility with PS2 and PS1. Yeah. And, and part of the reason is because, I mean, early on, they just literally stuck a PS2 in it. Mm-hmm. Like the the other the yeah, 60, put the hardware the 60 in there. gig fast literally have the emotion engine chips in I it know. like it's literally a PS2 in there uh-huh. um, which is why the emulation's perfect yeah because it's not really emulation it's just you're running it on the same hardware um, but like yeah I don't know like like I would love to see PlayStation three and earlier stuff be compatible on PS5. But You like, know there's a PS3 emulator right now, Matt. Oh, yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I've used it. Oh, you have used it's it. It's good. Yeah, I think it runs now like 97% of all PS3 yeah, games. Up, I mean, it's not flawless. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of issues. But, like, you know, get there. It's like Dolphin. Like, Dolphin, Dolphin, you know, especially back in the, you know, a few years ago, like, Dolphin would change almost daily at times. Mm-hmm. Like, and people, yeah. you know, and the thing is, like, the, the you know, people working on it who cared about playing a lot of, if they cared about playing the game you were trying to play, like Xenoblade or, uh, uh, was, was, was a pretty common one. Um, yeah, there was a constant, you know, constant work to make Xenoblade Chronicles work, you know, on, on Dolphin. And like, you'd get da- almost daily updates at times. Yeah. If you were, if you're going with like the current build, uh, updates mm-hmm. and like, it's like, oh, there's a sound problem. It's like next day, sound problem's fixed. Like, just like, it, like it was a constant thing, and like to the point that eventually, you know, right before Def- Definitive Edition came out, Xenoblade was real good to play on on Dolphin. Like, mm-hmm. all that stuff ended up working real well in the end. And yeah, you know, I, I do the same thing with Saturn. Like, I have a, I have an emulator where I just put my Saturn game disc in the PC, and it runs. Wow, it runs off game runs discs off the disc in your PC. Yeah, that's crazy. That's how I play Dragon Force now. That's awesome. But there is a PS3 emulator out there, so it's mm-hmm. you can do it. You can do it. It's just not great. It's it works, but it's not amazing. You know, it's not like amazing. Well, uh, right. You know, there's much probably like, a team of five yeah, guys working. Much like Saturn, on it. like you know, it's like Saturn took for, Saturn took forever to emulate properly because it's such weird hardware. Mm-hmm. Like Saturn is basically they made a Super Genesis, and then they realized that 3D was going to be the future, so they bolted 3D hardware on. <laughs> like if you open a Saturn, it's literally got a different 3D thing like stuck on top yeah. of the, the chipset. Yeah. Um, and it's like stuff, you know. And so the the cell processor is not as as terrible as that, but the problem with the cell processor is like none of it's dedicated to doing anything. You have to tell the cell processor what to do, and yeah, you know, that was an early on problem. I, I remember a bunch of. If you got an, uh, enough, de- got devs drunk enough back in that generation, they would tell you about it, like Sony coming in to show them like the 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 cell processor architecture and being like, yeah, you, every time you make a game, you're just gonna tell the cell processor what you want the, want it to render and like you build like a the sound thing to tell the cell processor how you want the sound to be done and all the devs were like, fuck you, why like, why would like, we have to build that? Why crap? would we want to do that? Just <laughs> yeah. put sound processor, just put a graphics, uh-huh. put a GPU in the thing. Like we don't want to rewrite. We don't want to rewrite your game system every time we make a game for it. That doesn't make any sense. So that's why there's flexibility, like, but it's very short sighted. Right, but it would take forever. Yeah. And it's like it's like no one wants no that. No one's gonna do it. You're yeah. you're you're going backwards with that. And they thought I was like, Oh, you can do whatever you want. Like we don't care about doing whatever we want. We wanna make the thing. Yeah. Like we don't Yeah, we wanna finish our game. Like they didn't like Sony <laughs> didn't seem to realize or at least Kudaragi didn't seem to realize like like the devs wanted the tools to be transparent. They wanted yeah. to work on the game, right? Yeah. Not the engine. Yep. They want, you know, Epic got that's why Unreal blew up as much as it did. But like, so that's why you have like a stupid little like horrible GPU with a tiny pipeline and all all, all that stuff is constricted. Like we're going because the cell process originally they thought people were just going to rewrite like their own game engine yeah. for every game they made. Yeah, and it's just like that's that's th- not how it works. That's crazy. Yeah, like, it that's is crazy. literally it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Isn't the PS3 really the only thing that matters here? Really, yeah. Because I mean, PS1 and PS2, do you really think people want to go back and play those games? Like Somewhat. I mean, you can emulate PS1 and PS2 on an Xbox if you want yeah. to. Yeah. Like, it's not that crazy. It's like, but PS3 is the thing that, like, you know, that's why I always, I always talk about, you know, rescuing games from the PS3. Much like rescuing games from the Wii U. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you just don't want it stuck on this, you know, dead system that's never going to go back, you know, no one's ever going to go back to it. Um, you want to find a way to bring them forward. Like, I want, you know, I would want to see... The infamous games get off of that thing. I want to see uh, uh, the Killzone trilogy come off of that thing. Yeah, I want you, all that stuff should be brought forward. And like, there's other things that I think you know I would love to see. Uh, um, what's the the um, the stupid uh, diving game that only came out in like North South Korea that I imported a copy of for a ridiculous amount of money. I can't remember what it was. It's a uh, deep blue or. It's- no, it's not. It's not Ever Ocean, which is the Wii one, but it's the same kind of thing. I think it's by the same company. I can't remember what it's called. Aquanaut, uh, Aquanauts Holiday. Hmm. That's what it was. I don't think I've even heard of that game. Aquanauts Holiday Three, as a matter of <laughs> fact. The, the first two were on PS One, which uh-huh. I also have. Uh, if if you can scan Sea Life, I own the game. Like that is basically you can just assume that. Um, that game's a lot of fun, especially because it has an it has an English text translation. The Korean version has an English text translation that is almost english <laughs> like, like a lot of text in that game and it's just like oh that dialogue almost sounds like something a human would say cool um the point is to scan sharks that's what we're here okay for. so i'd love to see st- like weird stuff like that come forward because you're never going to get that as a specific release yeah on no one's going to work on that to right. get it to work but if you can come up with a universal emulation solution for the ps5 or the ps4 i could just stick that disc in and play it that way and that would be great do you think that's going to happen, though, with PlayStation backwards compatibility? I don't know. Well, it'll be like well, Xbox like, where you can just take your old disc and shove it in, and then it just downloads the new version of it. And... You mean what Microsoft does? Right. Probably yeah. not. Yeah, like, I don't that's, think so that either. That seems like too good yeah. for PlayStation, really. I mean, um, is it... The hint was there, though, in this tweet. Like, it was it was a little weird, but like it certainly seemed to hint at, you know, PS1, 2, 3 backwards compatibility in some form. Yeah. Um, even if it was, you know what, even if it was just bringing forward the digital versions that already existed of the PS1 and PS2 things, I'd make them that. playable on the PS5. Yeah. Like, just let me play Dark Cloud 2 or something, which I already have on uh, PS4, so I can technically play it on PS4. Because anything that works on PS4 is going to work on PS5. Yeah, almost anything. So Except, if with the already... exception of a couple of VR things, yeah. Yeah. So if you already prepared a game to work on PS4, you should be good. Yeah, and I think they do. I think I could play dark cloud 2 on ps5 if i wanted to if i wanted to install it you to think my so? X- yeah i think I, I mean i own it yeah. on ps4 i don't see why i wouldn't yeah um, it wouldn't be enhanced for ps5 or anything right like right. What, what are you gonna do uh, do you think people are looking for that um do they some, expect it not in a mass audience way no yeah like I, I think you could ignore it and not lose anything obviously they haven't lost anything they're selling the things faster than i can make them right um but I would love to see a more complete library on there going, you know, that's kind of like respecting and archiving the history of the PlayStation brand. Like, that would be yeah. fun to see. I would love to be able to get things like, you know, well, I mean, a lot of the stuff, it has moved forward. Uh, although some, I can't remember what's on PS4 and what's on PS3. Like, I know I have a digital copy of Primal somewhere, but I can't remember if it's on PS3 or PS4. Hmm. Chat, I would love to get your impressions of how important backwards compatibility is to you. Because that was actually the question I was going to ask Matt next does it really matter do people really care um i'd like to get your guys's take on that whether you care about backwards compatibility for playstation or xbox i just like to see the classics library they have on ps3 be brought forward like i'd like to be able to play the suikoden games on the ps4 and the ps5 okay i mean that makes sense if you're wondering where we're getting this topic from 
there's a number of sources. First of all, there was a recent patent that was filed for backwards compatibility for PlayStation 5. Um, PlayStation 3 games appeared on the PlayStation Store, I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. And I think they disappeared once yeah, the internet weird. found them. Because like, some people thought they were PlayStation Now, but like then they weren't or something. Right. Like, it, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't clear on that. Yep. And then as Matt mentioned just a minute ago, there was a cryptic tweet from PlayStation Japan that heavily hinted towards backwards compatibility for the first three. And then there have been these weird TV spots, like trailers that have been coming out of Japan that people are saying there are hidden, there's hidden messaging in there hinting towards it as well. I think that might be a little bit of a reach. But we already have enough confirmation, sort of, that this is on the way. Um, I honestly don't care about backwards compatibility. I have all the consoles, and it would be nice if you had to just plug whatever into my PS5 and have all those discs work. I don't think that that's the way it will work for mm-hmm. PlayStation if they do get it to work. Um, I think it'll be one of these cases where they're probably, I think they're going to ask you to buy the stuff again. Probably, yeah. I don't think they're going to let you just like stick a disc in and use that as like a CD key. No, that's a Microsoft thing. Yeah, which is brilliant and great. And it, they should do it that way. The bottom line is that in this area... We had a character for Sony. It would. In this area, PlayStation is playing catch up with Microsoft big time. Yeah. And But I, they've done the calculus up until this point, and it, it seems like PlayStation felt like it wasn't that important. And I kind of agree with PlayStation. Like... It's I would a, not. Be, I mean, I would like to see it, but yeah. it's, not, it's not a. It's not. It's not any kind of vital arm of their strategy, and doesn't need yeah, to be. I wouldn't be. But there are a lot of resources that, into it. Probably not. But I don't think you'd need to put a lot of resources. Yeah. Into it. Um, a few engineers, maybe. A bunch of bunch of fans have come up. Go with that hire emu- the guys who. Built yeah, a bunch the of fans come up on the emulator in their fucking spare time. Like it's not. It's yeah. not that intensive, really. Um, you just need you just need you know to, to be paid for it would be nice. Yeah. But uh, you know, but there's things there are things that I think need to be rescued from you know like Metal Gear Solid Four can only be played on a PlayStation Three. Yeah, I know. Like that game needs to, probably needs to be saved from that system because like, Konami's not going to do it. Konami's not going to do it. But <laughs> but you know like and I'll, and also like just from a but maybe they should because like at the very least you're like you can never sell a complete Metal Gear collection yeah while that game's stuck on that system Konami would have to do work yeah and I just don't see <laughs> well, that well they happening. could subcontract like they do with everything yeah you know? yeah but I think it would be at the very least if you're gonna if you know monetarily speaking in terms of business decision if you're gonna save one PlayStation 3 game and bring it forward to modern architecture. It's, I would say more Metal Gear Solid Four. That should be, even though it's not the most well loved game in the series. Like you, you just have this gap in one of the major yeah. series of gaming. And like, I don't even like the Metal Gear Solid games. You know that. Yeah. yeah. But like, it, like I, it's weird to me that like you might never get to play four on a, on another piece of hardware again. Like, it's pretty nuts. I mean, that was like one of the biggest games ever when it came yeah. out, and now it's just kind of languishing on this. And old at the time, it was hardware. supposed to be the big finish. You know. Right. <laughs> um, I guess in a, in a way it still is because five is a prequel, but like, um, like technically, and, and I guess actually Metal Gear Revengeance uh, continued the story, so yep. never mind. Um, <laughs> but now it's over, and like, yeah, I I have to think that being able to sell a Metal Gear Solid collection, complete collection, every generation would at least be a a financial enough incentive, bonus. right? Yeah, because you're right. Once you do the work once, as long as you do the work well, yeah. you're not gonna have to do it again. Yeah, you definitely, definitely learn from your mistakes in the Silent Hill collection. <laughs> but uh, but it's like I look back at like the PlayStation One, and I mean if we're seeing at like B roll right now for the PlayStation One Classic, and if that re- <laughs> if that showed me anything, it's honestly that 
there aren't that many good PlayStation One games yeah, that I, mean, I that's care true. about. The trick, I mean, the trick is, um, and this ties back into the whole "Would you do it the way Microsoft does?" Like, I, I don't think people necessarily want a pre-curated collection of PlayStation One games. They want to play their PlayStation their, One games. Their, yeah, their library. Like these games, especially of this era, hinges entirely on what you played at the time and what you have nostalgia for. Yeah. That's it. Like there's, yeah. there's, I can count on one hand the number of games that you universally should play on the PlayStation One if you've never played them before. And most of them don't. I mean, one of them is Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> yeah, Parappa is a good one. Yeah, Parappa is the beginning of music game stuff. So yeah. like, yeah, that's got to go in there. Sure. To me, they're almost but all like, RPGs because turn-based yeah. RPGs. It really doesn't matter how old they are. You can still go back and play them and enjoy them. Yeah, you can you definitely, uh, you know, I mean, look, no one can stop Mr. Domino. Right. Is obviously one of them because no one can stop him. That Well, that was actually, um, that was a running joke that Ryan Davis had. He loved no one can stop yeah. Mr. Domino. And he had this running joke in the office at GameSpot back in the day where he would compare everything to that game. And he, mm-hmm. like, he'd be like, oh, what do you think of this? He'd be like, I don't know, but no one can stop Mr. Domino. And you'd be like, you're right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No one can. He was such a great guy. Um, I really miss him. Yeah, but a lot of these games I'm looking at, I'm like, do I want to play any of these things? Yeah, but I'd play it for like five minutes. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, this. That's what I did. Oh, I remember that, and it sucked, and it still sucks. Yeah. Oh, Toshinden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. Oh, I don't now play I'm this playing anymore. Toshinden. Yeah. Oh, it sucks too. Yeah. Oh, GTA One. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I remember why this didn't blow up until it was until GTA it was 3. 3D. Yeah, yeah. So you move the camera behind the guy. So I can't see what I'm what I'm doing. Yeah, I don't have oh, a lot. Ridge of... Racer. I remember Ridge Racer. Let's move on to something that isn't Ridge Racer. Yeah, because if you play that old Ridge Racer now, have fun. That's all like, I can like say. Metal Gear Solid. Cool, but there's other ways to play that. Yeah. Uh, At this point, the only games I think are worth reviving from ps1 are the jrpgs yeah, and a lot of those already have you know they've like, already it's already happened i mean look final the final fantasy like i don't think the final fantasies on ps1 are good um there's my hot take i think seven's god awful i think eight is marginally better and nine is pretty good yeah. but i don't think any of them are all-time classics at all i think chrono cross is complete garbage um but square has brought those three final fantasies to the modern they're on pc they're on playstation uh chrono cross from rumor sounds like it's about to get the same treatment like you don't need that like what you're talking about i'd be after saving stuff like um uh the suikoden's the suikoden's are the ones that have been left in the dust and suikoden 2 still holds up i mm-hmm. think um suikoden 3 not so much um that's a ps2 game but um it's like even the Resident Evil games, they've all been remade and made better. Yeah, even like, even Wild Arms has right. been remade. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't see a lot of incentive for this. Yeah. Let's let's check out chat, though, and see what they say yeah, about it. There's things it. here, like Revelations Persona. Like, that would be nice to get because otherwise it's ex- extremely expensive to get physically. But that was, was made digitally available on Vita and uh, PlayStation 3. But you just need to bring those versions forward somehow. Uh, here in chat, Andy T. Monahan, you're active today, brother. Uh, video game preservation is a priority when hardware and physical media disappear or stop working. Yeah. Agreed. Totally. Um, Nolan Elric, Ogre Battle has a good PS1 port. That's true. Um, Vincent reminds us that Parappa got a PS4 remaster. Also true. Yep. Although I didn't find it to be as charming as the PS1 version for some reason. Yeah. I'm not sure what it lost. It was too clean looking. Yeah, maybe like it was. the like it wasn't the jagged enough. the jaggies for some reason make that game work to some degree. I don't know. I can't. I'm not a big like pixely person. I I don't like the whole thing where like you intent you know that, that little trend that happened for a while where like you intentionally made like the the polygons warp and look weird because yeah. it was that's what the PS one. I don't know that that didn't do it for me. But yeah, Parappa needs to look a little shitty. Yeah, it does. 
Uh, Merco Supreme, as people buy more digital games, backwards compatibility will be more of a talking point if newer consoles can't play their old purchases. Yeah, yeah I think we're safe. I think we're good. Yeah, I think that has definitely been going put in place forward. Already. I think we're good. You're never going to not be able to bring your library forward from the yeah. previous generation at this point. Yeah. I think um, starting with PS4, really. Yeah. You were the problem golden. is, like, what do you do with one through three? Right. Like, that's the, qu- that's the question. That's what they're trying to and solve. And Microsoft has already answered that question for them, which is just like, we're just going to put everything up there we can. Yep. Um, great. Awesome. I have like, a feeling. I'd love FFA... to see more licensed stuff make it, but you know, I'd like to see Mech Warrior again. Yeah, yeah. But uh, or things like that, you know, or Mech Assault rather. Mech Assault. Mech Assault. Yeah. I have um, a feeling uh, FF8 Master C might be a little upset with you after you just slagged on Final Fantasy VIII. But he says PS1 is a JRP juggernaut. SNES too. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you don't care for the square output, there's a bunch of other stuff. You know. Noxator Nidus. People don't really care about game preservation. They care about accessibility. I don't know. It seems like a lot of people in this thread already have talked about preservation as it's important. I mean, I think the... those things go hand in hand. Yeah, they kind of have to, I guess, really. <coughs> uh, Cinetike, I feel due to nostalgia, it would be easy to sell these PS1 and PS2 games digitally on PS4 and PS5. People keep doing it with Nintendo games. Yeah, I mean, they did that on PS3. Like, you could buy digital PS1 and PS2 games on PS3 and on Vita. Yeah, because it was backwards compatible. It had the yeah. hardware built inside it. And it was cool. I, I liked you know, I bought a bunch of those. Um, case of money. I didn't even like PS1 when it was blowing up. <laughs> and grumpy old man. <laughs> uh, and then Justin Horman says, Metal Gear Solid 1 is my favorite game in the series. I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I'd honestly prefer to play it via Twin Snakes if I wanted to play it today. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't know about no. that. Yeah. <laughs> I Just the terrible, weird-ass, over-the-top cutscenes in that sink it for me. Yeah. I, I, prefer, I prefer the original. I would like the original cleaned up and looking yeah, better like really remade. like i'd like snake to have eyes i wouldn't be all that surprised but, if there eventually is a really good really yeah big budget also the 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 translation the localization on the the ps1 version is infinitely better than twin snakes because twins that ps1 version was the one that kojima didn't like because it got he thought it got localized too much because the guy who did, i can't remember the name of the guy who did that but he 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 basically tr- he translated it and then he adapted it to sound like actual English speakers talking. And the Twin Snakes translation was overseen directly by uh, Kojima and Kojima Productions. And it's stilted and weird and doesn't mm-hmm. sound right half the time. And it's it's worse. Like yeah. everything about Twin Snakes is worse. Yeah, which is surprising because the team that made it is. At yeah. that point, had made some pretty good games, but they went weird. I mean, they got the guy who did verses to do the cutscenes, where he's like, you know, where snakes like doing jumps in the midair off of moving missiles, so he can shoot a helicopter with a rocket. Like, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's just stupid. <laughs> it is. Uh, Fire Native says Shane two words: Hybrid Heaven, the best wrestling non wrestling game ever. Hybrid Heaven was an N sixty four game. Yeah. Um, and it also is a Konami game. Konami, I yeah, Konami yeah. N sixty four game. Yeah, I did enjoy Hybrid Heaven, but yeah, that is. They've, there's never there was never a game like it before. No, very. And there's never been a game like it since. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is definitely unique. It I is, guess it, Tabal was a little bit like it. Yeah, little bit. Like you're running through a dungeon, you know, suplexing people in Tabal a fair amount too, but it's not quite yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it doesn't look like anyone's all that passionate about backwards compatibility. No, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to see them take a little more care with that. I'd like to see, you know, you know, and I don't even necessarily need backwards compatibility. I just would like them to see, I'd like you to, to see them rescue, like I said, Sly Cooper and Infamous and Killzone and Resistance and all, you know, all their, all the Sony made stuff, first party stuff that just never move forward past that PS3. Like I would like to see them rescue some of that stuff. 
Um, Metal Gear Solid Four is a no-brainer if you're, but you know, lacking a brain is kind of Konami's thing right now. <laughs> um, yep. Beyond that, I can't. You know, everything else I can think of would be super. You know, Aquanauts Holiday is not gonna. You know, the, um, it's like me and maybe one other guy yeah. somewhere is probably like clamoring for that. To, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, um, Baki says you can play Infamous on PS Now. No, I want to actually play. I don't care about PS Now. PS Now is garbage. You can I'm download not, games on PS Now though. Can you download those onto a PS5 and play them? I don't know about no, PS5. No, they're streaming only. Yeah. yeah. Is that true? Uh, something that's not backwards compatible like that, yeah. I, I don't think you can download a PS3 game onto a PS4 and play it that way. Yeah, you're that's right. That's not a thing. That's, yeah. PS Now is not, is not a solution. PS Now can go away any minute, and PS Now doesn't play right because of the lag introduced by streaming the game. That is not an acceptable solution to me. Yeah. Um, for that game in particular, the streaming wouldn't be too awful... Maybe, but maybe not. Depends on the game. Yeah, like, you could just have a you know boss. That's the thing is how try unreliable it is. You could be in the middle yeah. of a boss fight, and suddenly you get a chug that costs you the fight. Like I would literally like, throw my controller out the window. If <laughs> oh, that, that is a du- oh wow. What? Baki's message just got flagged for a really dumb reason. Um, you, you can approve. You can approve it. So because he said Metal Gear Solid Four plays better on PS Now than ever did. Four, Four plays. plays. <laughs> Come on, Twitch. What are you doing? We'll give you the okay there, Bakby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to offend anyone with that one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I get the really the big news is it appears that this is coming. So there's been so many hints. I would. I know someone really went rogue at Sony. Yeah, York, I mean, you know, like, like really went rogue. Um, I would. Someone's, guess- someone's trying to trying to trying to actualize things that they want into reality. Speak it into being. Uh, So I would guess in the next week or two weeks, we'll probably have an official announcement on it. I think it will be celebrated with a lot of fanfare, Matt, but I think ultimately when the rubber hits the road, it's not going to make that big of a difference. I think it's literally one of these things. It'll make a difference to me. That's all I care about. But yeah, in terms of like For prioritized most, business yeah. decisions, like yeah, it can go somewhere down in the 30s. Right, probably, you know. <laughs> way down the way down the list. Um, At the same time, they're doing so well that they can probably. Yeah. Spare I would the time. argue redoing the PlayStation Five UI would be number uh, one. That would be good. That is the dumbest design. Ever. The more I've used it, it hasn't gotten any better. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's I feel like we crap. say that for every Sony console <laughs> since like the PS3. I mean, the cross media bar was fine. Like, why mess with it? It's so weird how you have to like bring up the home screen just to turn the damn thing off. Like finding where you redeem a code yeah. on the PlayStation Store. Like or I had to tell like, you how to do it. Or like little things. I should like, have to read a guide to like learn how to redeem a code. Like if I go to the store and I want to search, I have to go to the store and go down then and then go back up yeah. to the bar where I can go over to search. And it's just so like, bad. what are you doing? It makes no sense. Why? Because part of it is that they're trying to push a lot of the new features that no one cares about. Like, mm-hmm. all the stuff that How about appears... when I go over to my library, how come I can't, like, make it display the way I want it to all the time? How come every time I got to reset the display yeah. tr- choices? All like, the stuff that shows that? up and takes up the vast majority of the real estate on the home screen on my PS5, I do not care about. No offense to any of you guys, and I'm friends with almost all of you on PSN, and if I'm not yet, add me. I'm at Dinfire. I accept requests from all sifters. But... No offense, I don't want to see, like, the last trophy that you earned in some game I haven't played. Like, that t- that crap takes up the whole screen. And you have the little bar along the bottom. I It's so dumb. Mm. I, I have no idea. saying that you can press triangle to search in the store, but it's like, A, it doesn't tell you that, and B... On the PS5 in, like interface, I expect any button I press to do something I don't want it to do and take yeah. me somewhere I need, don't know where to go now. Like, I mean, that's let's be honest, that's dumb. 
mm-hmm. pressing triangle to search, that's dumb. And it's taking, like, I'm still like, what, we're, we're over a year out from getting this system, and I still accidentally hold the PS symbol button to try to turn the thing off. Yeah. You and have, it's, to tap you have to tap it and scroll and then you over. You have to go down and down scroll, and scroll it's over, so and you can't scroll. And why can't stupid. I use why can't I use the shoulder buttons to jump from one end of the yeah. crossbar to the other, right. like I could yeah. on the PS4? What's Are that you like, about? You have been able for, for the last eight consoles Ridiculous. that have been released. Ridiculous. So anyway, pet peeve of mine been driving me crazy and it's the year later and you're right they still haven't fixed it or changed it mm-hmm. i don't understand why they're doing it that way uh but anyway that's the latest on at least they finally change it so that when you go over to your library thing it just it shows you the the page was just your installed stuff first now instead of yeah. everything you own that helps yeah that's better but like finding notifications for where stuff is downloading if like your hard yeah. drive and this happens all the time your hard drive is full we can't download right. the game like it, that's tucked away in yeah. a weird well option. then like early on it's better now but early on they had that thing where it's like you couldn't quite tell whether you're downloading the ps4 or the ps5 Five yeah. version. Sometimes you just get both. Yeah, yeah. And like, it was, and with, with a hard drive that's small. Yeah, that matters. That's the thing. Is like, it's like there is an old man yelling at cloud element of this, um, <laughs> especially if you're trying to install Final Fantasy VII remake. But like the the issue is like so much of this was solved already. Yeah, and now you've gone backwards. I, I don't get it. It's dude. weird. It's weird. Uh, I still love my PlayStation Five though. Don't get me wrong. Sure, I, I love it. It's a great piece of. Gonna art. love it even more when Horizon shows up. Yeah, and they could fix this stuff really easily. And I think they're just being stubborn because they're like, no, no, no. We work so hard on this new. Yeah, interface. I mean, also <laughs> keep in mind, like you're dealing with a system that when launched, if you left it on sleep mode with the wrong game running, it could brick itself. Right. So like, clearly there's some bugs in the system. Yeah. That most of that stuff's been sorted. Like, yeah. I don't that know. Got, that got figured like out. That but the fact that it existed at all right. is a little coming hmm. in hot. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the only game we're talking about, the only game we're talking about specifically on this episode of Game Face, and that is Nobody Saves the World. If you're a fan of or have played Guacamelee, and at this point, everyone should have played Guacamelee because mm-hmm. it has been given away for free countless times on just. Yeah, you almost had to work to not get to Guacamelee. To not have Guacamelee in some library somewhere. And Guacamelee is like a Metroidvania, but it's like cartoony. It's like a cel shaded game with, yeah, is it set in Mexico? I don't even remember. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, if, if you're doing that many Lucadors, it's almost certainly it should be. related to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was a very unique take on a genre that had become tired, I felt, when it came out. It was interesting to play a game like that that looked so different from what we're used to playing. It wasn't sci-fi. It wasn't high fantasy. It was completely different. And they made two of those, and now the studio behind those games has decided to try something new, and this is it. Um, and this is an isometric action art, co- cooperative action RPG. Mm-hmm. And have you have you been playing it cooperatively or by yourself, Matt? By myself. Me too. Um, I regret that. Because hmm. <laughs> this game... Um, I've been, first of all, I just want to say right off the top, I'm enjoying this game. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But the game has dungeons in it. And yeah. if you do not finish a dungeon with one life, you get booted out and you have to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And that's, sometimes it wasn't a big deal. couple dungeons I played, it was a really big deal. But essentially what I have figured out was I probably shouldn't have tried this dungeon first. Yeah. They, they have levels next to the signs, and they are not kidding. But sometimes those levels, it'll say two dungeons are the same level, but one of them will be more difficult than the other. Yeah. Like, the first time when they give you, like, the option to go one way or the other, I went the hard way. So my very first dungeon... From the I, castle? Yeah, yeah, I did not 
So you could make go to the right, yeah, you right go to or the left. left. I went to the left. And that dungeon is way more difficult than the one on the right. And oh, yeah, it is. So yeah. I went left, and so I had to play I, yeah. that dungeon five or six times before I beat it. Hmm. It's like the first one. I also chose the archer as like my same. next character. You chose the same? Actually, the ranger is the one that like kind of pulled me in. I was like early, I was like, I don't know about this. And then I got the ranger. You, so, I'm like, oh, this is exactly my shit. I'm into so it. We should rewind. So the thing about this game is that you you can take these forms. The lead yeah, character you, is that white dude. Yeah, nobody. What? He's, he's nobody. He's nobody, right. They refer several times to the fact that he has no pants on. He has no pants on, yeah. And he, you don't actually really play as him for most of the game. No, he's kind of useless. You play as other forms. Yeah, the as first, you level up, you get to morph into different things. And the first one that you get is a rat. And the rat has very specific abilities. It can mm-hmm. crawl through small crevices, and the levels are designed that way, like this one in particular. As soon as you get the rat, there's a little alleyway that you go through that takes you to a new part of the level. Yeah, there's a, there's some Zelda in here. Mm-hmm, uh, for, for sure. sure. And then once you kind of go through the first couple sections with the rat, it cracks open, and you're given the opportunity to play as a ranger, which is a ranged um, person with a bow. Uh, you also get a knight who just basically is your typical hack and slash sword guy. Um, and I haven't found a lot of places where any places, honestly, where if I had chosen a different character, I would not be able to get through the game. No, like it's, early it's, the rat stuff. Like it's, it's it seems more, like it's that way, but it's no. Not. It's more about. Um, I mean, sometimes you need to access something with one thing or the other. Um, the uh, uh, you know, there's quests you have to complete with each character to mm-hmm. like unlock, you know, level them up and unlock new characters. Like the leveling up a, a form unlocks other forms. So like early on, you get the ranger and the knight, but you have to you have to grind the rat a little bit to unlock yep. the egg. Which yeah, there's is, a whole tree for unlocking there's a lot of big tree forms. for that. Um, and um, and the, of course the other the other thing that can block you is the fact that uh, they introduce the idea that there's enemies who can only be hurt if you hit them with a certain type of damage because there's four types of damage in the game. There's, was mm-hmm. it piercing? Yep. Was it sharp? I can't remember. Sharp, dark, light, and something else. Uh, bludgeon, like like crush. Yeah, bludgeon. Yeah. Um, and you have and so each character kind of by default does you know rat does dark, uh, guard does sharp, and so does the ranger. Uh, but the ranger also does poison. Mm-hmm. Um, the rat does poison too. Yeah, and but the rat does dark poison. The same as dark. But you can also. But then very early on, you get the ability to add the other characters' abilities to Onto. the other characters. Mm-hmm. So like now you can have um, you can have the knight, which does sharp damage, but you can also add. Uh, uh, the the rat's dark damage to that, so yep. you can do both at once. So and then the other thing is early, early on, they t- you know you get to to change form. You have to you have to hit the back button to jump to the menu, and then go over to the forms section and pick the form you want, and then back out of the menu. Uh, what they don't tell you until far later than I think they should have <laughs> is, is if you hold weird? right bumper, <laughs> you can just pick the form out of a radial <laughs> menu. Thank you. And it happens very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so that's sort of like the balance on that is you kind of like mer- you can kind of like hybridize the forms um, once you get through the first couple dungeons. And the story, uh, if you're wondering, you're basically just trying to rescue a wizard who's disappeared. Yeah, it's a, a very that, simple plot. It's very simple. It's 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 very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It's, it, everything's kind of comedic, uh, played for tongue laughs. in cheek. The writing's um, pretty good. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I will say that. So I did. I also did the left side first, and then when I got to the second dungeon, I was like, "Oh, that was way easier. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was much faster." Well, you know how I figured be. it out, Matt, is that I went and looked at the quests in one of the quests because you have to get like fifty. At that point, they're right. asking you to get like fifteen stars. Stars, yeah, because you need you need stars to open doors, yeah. basically. And it's, I had like one or two, 
And I was like, how am I supposed to get all these? So I went and looked at the quests, and one of the one of the very first quests was to complete the other dungeon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I went to the wrong one first. So I ended up finishing that one still. It took me five or six times to beat it because I got to the end boss the second time, and then every time I would make it to the end boss, and I kept getting beat by the mm-hmm. end boss. And you have to go all the way back and do the okay. whole thing again. It's also randomly generated. It's roguelite. Yeah, there's a there's a character that complains about, about that. yeah, which um, is pretty pretty common. So I will so I will say this: I'm like five hours into this game. I've gone out in the world and done you know I've become parts of the various guilds and done some mm-hmm. of their quests. I have not died yet. You haven't died at all. No. Wow. Um, the synergy. I haven't once, died since then. Once I figured out the synergy of how the various abilities sort of like feed each other, especially as the rat. The rat is the rat. Do not sleep on the rat. The rat is very strong. Because I didn't think so at first. I didn't was. either because he's weird to use. Yes. But you can rebuild your health with the rat. Yeah. So you can consume um, enemies. And then you can add that ability to other characters. Right. And get through that. It, it, yeah. it's, a lot of it's very clever. And in fact, I still haven't completed. The um the the warrior the the guard gets a quest for because like when the guard is under thirty percent health he does extra damage and there's a quest to like kill twenty enemies using that health that damage bonus mm-hmm. I have not gotten even one really because I'm never <laughs> that low on health with him oh uh, okay it's gotcha. just, it's it's very rare I haven't even um, hardly used him at all uh, he's all right the, the ranger is by far my favorite like, that's just, what I've seemed to have stuck with I'd like range characters in this if you haven't been able yeah. to tell by the footage a lot of the gameplay in this is kiting. Yeah, there's a lot of kiting, a lot of like turn, turn, hit, 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 and like hit them enough to poison them, and then like that, like that and let it fall, finish them off. Because if you yeah. if you notice when you're hitting them, there's a little meter that builds up above their heads. Yeah, and that poisons them. Eventually. And so if you're if you have a character that has poison, every time you attack them, until once that meter gets full, they're poisoned. Mm. And then you can kind of just leave them alone, and they'll slowly die. Usually, provided yeah. they've well, at least get down. Like you probably finish them with one hit or one chomp that gets you life back. Which yeah, is good. yeah, which is what um, you should do. So then you consume the enemy. Yeah. The only thing I will say is uh, I do find. Um, a lot of especially not the range stuff so much but that's one of the reasons i like the range better uh the up close stuff to me feels and i don't know any other way to say this it feels slippery yeah does that make sense like i just feel it doesn't i don't feel attached to it right it's a it's very slidey like i feel I, like i've discovered lots of little stuff like this i've got my character yeah. stuck at one point and i think that's an intent i think that is an intentional choice in terms of feel but to i just make don't, it feel I don't like it very much. yeah it'll feel a little looser like, they don't want it to feel as as grid or, or grounded as Zelda does. They want a little, you know, Guacamelee had that a little bit too in comparison to like Metroid, which is probably his closest comparison. I found it hard to um, see what's going on with the enemies a lot because they get bunched up and it's all 2D essentially yeah. and it just I, all kind of blurs together. I do find myself looking at my health bar more than uh-huh. the screen More than the actually make, what's yeah, on the just screen. Just to make sure I know where my life bar is at. Yeah, me too. Um, but overall, I, I really like it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, People may wonder what kiting is, by the way. Like I play MOBAs and it's just a yeah. very common thing that you do in MOBAs all the I mean, time. That's that's an MMO term. Like that's it yeah. goes way back. To it's EverQuest. basically you're just moving at the same speed as an enemy that's coming after you while you're attacking them. You yeah. want to stay that same distance away. Yeah, you hit them. You distance. hit them and you move back and they keep following you. And you so if they try back, to take an and attack, you're already out of range and you hit yeah. them again. You know, basically they just can't hit you. I just don't know how. That's not one of the more common gaming terms that I think a lot of people know. So not these days. Yeah. No. But back in the day, like if you were playing any kind of online EverQuest or anything, like that was as common as Circle Strafe back yeah. in the late 90s. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you are doing that a lot, especially as the rat. Um, or as the ranger. There's a ra- yeah, yeah, ranger. Ranger, pretty fast I hit a point where like, because when you, when you charge the... You get the three arrow charge up. When you charge and- the, the arrow, you can shoot through basically endless enemies. And uh, it poisons them if you hit them like three times. So yep. like, there were very few things that could get to me 
after a couple of upgrades of those abilities. Um, and uh, the upgrades do feel pretty substantial. Like, like I, you notice it. Like, yeah, yeah the, the progress is definitely there. Well, it's um, like the charge shot in the ranger goes from one arrow to three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there are big differences when you level up. It makes a difference. It's not like, oh, I got one more yeah, it's, point. Oh, it's like two percent <laughs> damage bonus. Like, you know, it's like it, it really is that happens too. Upgrades. Actually, though, it does. But like because you do level up the character as well. Oh, yeah, the leveling up the character is just like okay, there's fifty more hit points. It's like okay, yeah. but then the, and then the hit points vary by character, so you got to decide who to use. Yep. But um, no, in general, like I've felt, I found every character pretty useful once you get get used to how it kind of works. Some of them are sort of like, like the egg is mostly there to do. Um, you know, special like you put them in a nest and like gives you like a fast travel kind of thing. But, like mm-hmm. uh, there's a horse that seems to be the purpose of the horse so far seems to just be to fall in love with another horse. <laughs> um, certainly, I would not want to try to use the horse in combat because it can only attack backwards. Yeah, but like stuff like that. And it is kind um, of an open world game in the overworld. Yeah. And it's, as Matt said, there is fast travel. There's pads that you can jump on and you can warp yeah, around. Yeah, warp and so yeah, it's. Um, it, it, they don't make you go back through the whole dungeon. So yeah, bad. and like the, you know, the you find all these towns. Like, exploration is pretty interesting, uh, and they, and they mark you know early on when you get a bunch of quests, they mark off these things that are very far away, and yeah. so they're like, oh, go ahead, go on and explore, go figure out how to get there, and that's cool. I like that. I always like that part of like Zelda style games is like, yeah, go out there and figure out what you can find and how you can get to places. And you can um, see there in that footage, like you choose when to level up. Yeah, it just doesn't happen automatically. Um, you have to go, and they had to keep reminding me. I kept forgetting. Yeah, you got to turn in the quest as soon as they happen, because <laughs> some of the quests do not continue counting. Right. Once you've completed, you have to because they'll have they'll create subsequent quests, especially yep. the infinite quests, like kill this yeah. many enemies. Like they do not keep counting once you've completed. You have to turn that one in, and yep. then they count start counting again from it zero. It took me a while to get into the habit of doing mm-hmm. that because most games don't do that. <laughs> right. And um, there's something I, I you know I found a a dungeon that was recommended level 9999. Really? Which I did not go into. <laughs> I would have gone um, in just for giggles. But uh, no, I re- I like it a lot so far. Uh, I do feel like it, you know, you know, I'm on like hour 5. I feel like somewhere around hour 10 I might start to get a little tired of it. But, I'll, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It, it kind of wore in for me pretty quick. There's not a lot of nuance to the gameplay. Um, each character has like three attacks total. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more when I when they started adding the resistances to yeah. the enemies. Yeah, me but too. But then they instantly give you the um, the ability to mix and match your 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 skills and abilities it. on yeah. the various. And then all, basically, you can build whoever you want into whatever you, whatever you need, it's which is the, nice. You yeah, know, the character's just cosmetic yeah. at that point. Uh, yeah. And then the other thing I do like is in the big dungeons, like the major dungeons, um, they block all your all the progress and all the character quests. So there is no incentive to use any character over another other than what you want. Oh, to I didn't even situation. realize that actually. Yeah, like when you go into the castle after you do this, and you go into the main castle, they block the um, the character up. You know, use this ability as many times or whatever. So you don't need to contribute to that anymore. So you you can kind of, if you're a completist about upgrading different characters, like I no longer had to worry about every every enemy I killed without using stomp, but the guard was wasting right, right. quest I could get from the sun. So I could just freeze you up to use whatever is the appropriate character at the time and experiment with it, which I think is, is a pretty cool way to do that. Yep. Um, and, uh, I mean, a lot of the bosses so far have just sort of boiled down to, like, bigger versions of existing enemies or, like, a, a giant waves of enemies with some, like, you know, buffs on them. That or, has- like... An enemy that was introduced in that dungeon. Now there's three of them. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to fight at once. But yeah. I also like that. Like there's a there's a weird like kind of cosmic eldritch horror like flavor to it that I there's enjoy. There's a bullet like, hell element to yeah, it. Yeah, is that too? Yeah. 
Like you can, and you can see here, like that's kind of you know, early on, like the first one with the rat. I'm like, how the fuck am I gonna beat this with this stupid rat? And I'm like, oh no, you, you, you it really teaches you how to kite, whether you know yeah, what that yeah, word yeah. is or not. And with the rat, it's like skimming. Like yeah. you, you go up to groups and you skim around the edge and attack. Yeah. And just knock and them just down. And just kind of jump back as long as you can get like the poison up. Yep. You can get that. and you can consume them and you get your health back. And there is an ebb and flow to the game for sure. Um, I, I've been been enjoying it, but it has started to wear thin for me. I've played four hours, maybe not quite as much as you, um, and I do yeah. feel like it started to wear thin. I, I wonder if I jumped in. I have not played it cooperatively, mm-hmm. so I do wonder if I jump in and play it cooperatively if it'd be more fun. It is kind of like a modern take on those classic top-down action RPGs that we've been playing ever since Gauntlet. Um, so if you're a fan of that old-school arcade game and you pumped a bunch of quarters in it back into it back in the '80s, you probably will like this. It definitely gives you a lot more flexibility, and it's deeper than games like Gauntlet were back in the day. Um, but it's still very simple. Like, this is also a game you could probably play with your kids, and they could get the hang of it pretty quickly. Um, you may have to help them a little bit and defend them for a little while until they get their heads yeah, wrapped around it. I do it. think, I, you know, I was, in the first dungeon, I was a little surprised that, like, it's like, oh, this is... You know, I was expecting the enemies to sort of die in, like, one or two hits, and they do not. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, I gotta actually... You know, move and Even fight. Even the, the rank and file enemies. Yeah. It, they take a lot of hits. And it's really about crowd management, um, like bullet management, like in shmups and bullet hell games. It does combine elements of a lot of stuff I typically like into one game. Um, and then, like, if you hold the right trigger, that locks in your, your aim. So if you're the archer, like, once you have the aim the direction you want, you squeeze the right trigger, it stays locked in that direction. Once I figured that out, that helped me with crowd control a lot. Um... Yeah, there's some nuance to the game, but mostly it's pretty simple. Um, I think most people can get a grip on it. And and really, the the big thing about this game is it's on Game Pass. Yeah. It is an Xbox and PC exclusive right now. You can't play this on PlayStation or Switch if you want to. I have a feeling... Eventually. They'll be... And I would even, it probably won't even be that long until they're available on the other platforms. Um, but right now, it's Xbox and PC only, and it's on Game Pass. So once again, another reason to plunk down that $13 a month. Um, I don't know how big this game is, but I've played it like four hours, and it doesn't seem like it's anywhere no, near. I mean, that finishing. map is pretty big. Yeah, it looks real big. So when this game is eventually available for sale, if it's in the twenty twenty five dollar range, it'd probably be a good buy. Um, I'm also guessing this game will get a bunch of DLC. They'll add on dungeons and things like that. Maybe a boss rush mode. Who knows? Um, but Guacamelee's been supported pretty well with yeah. DLC in the past. Um, it's not like Dying Light or anything was <laughs> supported, Matt, for no. seven years with DLC. Yeah. Dying is, Light, which, seven and, years. And now Dying Light's getting a next-gen upgrade. It is, yeah. yeah. and it's But they are ending the content um, for Dying Light. So yeah. when the new one comes out in like a week, all the content for Dying Light 1 is done. I, I think that's fair. It makes yeah. It's only been seven years. So. <laughs> we'll give you a next-gen upgrade for the seven-year-old game yeah. and call it a day. That seems fair to me. Yeah. How much would you recommend people would buy this for, Matt? Nobody I mean, saves I the world. I think this would be a fine $20 game. Yeah, me too. I, I don't, I don't know fair. what it's being sold for. Because sometimes when a game like this comes out and it's a platform exclusive and it comes out eventually for other platforms, people will go on the site and they'll search for it to see where we talked about it. And uh, they may be like, okay, well, now it's not on Game Pass. How much are you willing to pay for it? And I would say 20 25 bucks, I think. Yeah. But it's it's a pretty polished game. I've come across a couple little bugs and glitches where I got stuck on parts of the levels and stuff like that, but not that much. Um, 
So they don't have a lot to clean up. It's pretty clean yeah. at launch, which is also good. Um, and because it's on Game Pass, you should have no problem finding people to play with. Yeah, I didn't really realize until later that it was co-op. I wouldn't yeah. want to play this co-op. I How come? Because uh, like this kind of open like adventure sort of action RPG, I just prefer to do that on my own. Interesting. Okay. I would prefer to play with others, but I didn't. I played it by myself. Um, because I wanted to get an idea of how it was balanced to play by yourself. Because that's always a challenge with mm. these. It's like if you're playing with three other players, they can pretty much just throw as many enemies at, at you as they want to. When you're playing by yourself, that's when you have to you can really figure out whether the game was really balanced or not. And it is pretty well balanced. Um, I know you said you haven't died, and I honestly mm. haven't died since that very first dungeon. But I've come really close a couple times if I wasn't paying close attention mm. to my uh, to my health bar. Because you can get overwhelmed sometimes and trapped in a corner. And that's the other thing I found. The hit detection in this is a little weird. Like, there have some been some bridges that I've tried to go across where there's, like, one enemy on the bridge. And there's plenty of room for me to run by, and it won't let me. Mm. It just, I yeah, get so stuck. Vin- Vincent says it's 25 bucks on Steam right now with a 10% launch discount, so about 30 bucks. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. It's about right. To, sounds about right to me. Um, the way I do it is if Shane and Matt like a game, I won't, and vice versa. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've tuned in to hear our opinion on video games then. Um, I mean, all you need someone, you don't need a critic to agree with you. You just needed them to be consistent. Yeah. I always, just... I always say that Mick LaSalle is one of the most wrong film critics I've ever read. He was in the San Francisco Chronicle my whole life when he was growing up. And if every time he hated a movie, I'm like, let's go see it. Like, it <laughs> guaranteed. <you> <laughs> That's true. The most important part of being a critic is being consistent. And establishing what you mm-hmm. enjoy or don't enjoy and sticking to it so yeah. people can rely on that. If Sneaky yeah. knows that his tastes are polar opposite ours, that is still a valuable piece of information. Yeah, because if we like it, he's going to hate yeah. it. And if we hate it, he's going to like it. So you can still glean value out of our show yeah. here even if you think we're insane. But as long as we're consistently insane, it's all good. That's what it comes down to. Um, so there you go. That's Nobody Saves the World from the Guacamelee team. I would argue, too, if you like Guacamelee, you yeah. probably will like this. Yeah, the tone is pretty similar. It's the same, yeah. really. Um, and so if you like the humor and the kind of tongue-in-cheek tone mm-hmm. of Guacamelee, you're probably going to like the tone of this oh, game. Oh, there so. is a problem. for co- Vincent says that with co-op, only one player makes progress because it's in their game. Oh, screw that. Yeah, so no. Then don't play co-op. Not doing that. <laughs> I, I wish I had tried it now because I would have tried it for five minutes and come in here and said, don't even bother. <laughs> that sucks. Mm-hmm. But that is always a problem. It's not just this game. That is a problem with cooperative games in general is getting any kind of progression out of your playtime and trying to figure out, okay, who's actually the host? Mm-hmm. You don't know sometimes. You just join a game and it's like you don't know the person who's actually the quote unquote host in the game. It's I will not play a cooperative game if I don't get some sort yeah, of progression. I hope you at least get to keep your, like, level up. Or, like, or if you unlock new forms while you're playing yeah. with somebody else, do those just go away? I would think not. I mean, I, I assume he means, like, world prog- like progress in the quest. Like, you completed that quest or not. Progress in the dungeons or whatever. Like dungeon- That still sucks. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> That's something that people, developers, I say people, developers can work on here over the next four or five years. If they're going to give us so many cooperative games... They need to figure out how the progression works so that when you play with someone cooperatively. Oh, you're a clone of the host player. That's even worse. Oh, that's worse. Yeah, no I'm no, no regrets not playing yeah. co-op. <laughs> Stay away from that one, people. Um, but if you want to play a good isometric action RPG by yourself, and I, I know you like it that way, Matt. I don't. I do like to play these games with somebody else. And it's just been that way ever since Gauntlet. 
in the arcades back in the day. Yeah, see, I came at this more of like from a Zelda angle. Okay. Which I've always played alone. Cause, right. Cause except for Four Swords. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which was brilliant. They did a really good job bringing other characters into Four Swords. But, but anyway, um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good game. It's quirky. It's clever. A little rote. Um, they don't really inject a whole lot of creativity into the template. But, um, you know, I've played a ton of these games. A lot of people haven't. So a lot of people aren't kind of burnt out on the concepts like I may be after all the years that I've been playing. Um, Sneaky clarifies, I wasn't knocking Shane or Matt. I was saying from past times, every game I've picked up, they liked, I didn't, and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's accurate <laughs> okay. from what we've seen, I think. You know, yeah. Sneaky is our resident Final Fantasy remake and Quantic Dream fan. Which, so, uh, yeah, definitely... I could see why he would clash heads. Yeah. We would butt heads on stuff a little bit. Um, he seems very Japanese-centric. No. No? No. Sneaky? He's never played a JRPG except for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Really? That's what he said. Wow. Oh, I didn't see that. Which, by the way, I have a hard time calling Final Fantasy VII Remake a JRPG. Yeah, it's really Like, not. it's really just an action game yeah. that sort of has some JRPG That was based on and sprinkled in it. <laughs> JRPG. So you're in the clear, Sneaky. You still haven't played one. Um, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next. But at the same time, I'm afraid to recommend one to him. Because I, <laughs> right. I have to come up with the one I hate the most. And then he'll love Chrono it. Chrono Cross. You might love Chrono Cross. <laughs> oh, I hate that game. That's uh, true. You are slagging on Chrono Cross about, what, about a month and a half ago, oh, two yeah. months ago, I think? Yeah. That's why I love the characters. I don't even, I, I can't even parse that sentence. Love he the loved the characters, love the characters in remake? Love the characters in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't, okay. Whew. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, games that we really liked recently that he didn't. So you didn't like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart? He didn't want to play that at all, no. It did, you didn't like It Takes Two? I don't remember what, his, what he said about that. Wow. Okay. Well, to each their own, I guess. Uh, no, next he, up, oh, no, he was very vocal about like Ratchet and Clank had no appeal to him whatsoever. No, that's like why he, they make he games wasn't for lying. Everybody. Like he was I mean, yeah, like he's, I, I, I absolutely believe him. Like yeah. he's, he's, I don't think he's making it up. No, going, going to roll, going full opposite, opposite land with us. Which Different is, again, opinions is what makes the world fun. go around. And I'm glad that they make games that you like too, and they make games that we like. So. Yeah, well, that's the that's the genius of having an industry this broad. That's the beauty of the industry blowing up. Because mm-hmm. back in the N64 PlayStation era, it was hard sometimes if you had very niche taste to find something that you would like. So, mm-hmm. Or even to that, hear about And it. I'm not saying that you do, you're niche or we're niche but it's just generally there wasn't as much variety back then. And now there's enough games to satisfy pretty much everybody. And that's what's so great about the industry growing and thriving. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Dragon Age 4. Matt, it was just revealed this week that Dragon Age 4 isn't coming until 2023. At the earliest. At the earliest. How do you feel about that? Vindicated. You have been saying for a while. Yeah, this game is way out. Way out. Why is out. it so far out? I don't know. Because they got to make it good. And now, Dragon, the CEO... Dragon Age has never been good before, so they got to reinvent <laughs> everything from the ground up. That would be my theory. Now, I'll say this. The CEO of Bioware just recently released a statement. I think it was a week and a half ago where he said that they are very concerned about this game, that they know that it's basically their reputation on the line yep. here at BioWare after Anthem. And it's the only one left you haven't fucked up. Yeah. Andromeda already happened, so this is this one's still left. I mean, look, I think Dragon Age Origins is absolute garbage. Uh, I think Inquisition is pretty good, and I think 2 is the best thing they've attempted to do, but it was marred by all kinds of weird technical problems and... 
creative decisions that don't make any sense, like using only two maps for all the dungeons, just closing and opening different doors. And it's like, okay, at a certain point, boys, I am very aware I've been in this room 14 times at this point. <laughs> um, but like, I appreciate what they're going for there. But I think Dragon Age has been mostly an unsuccessful series in terms of trying to accomplish what they've been trying to accomplish. Uh, financially, it's been financially been fine, yeah. sure. But I, I think Dragon Age, uh, Dragon Age, I think is one of the most overrated things Bioware's ever done. Um, I know there's people that just absolutely adore Dragon Age Origins. I don't get it at all. Like I think you might as well. It's like someone just like stirred. It's like someone ripped up Lord of the Rings, stirred it in a pot for a while, and like dumped it out of my head. Like that's basically what Dragon Age felt like to me. But um, there's a big following for a lot of the characters as the characters have sort of solidified and like they've sort of figured out what the world is going to be as far as going. You know, certainly the transition from two to two to Inquisition, where they figured out okay, so the, the 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 core story of Dragon Age is about the Templars versus Mage War thing and how that all kind of unraveled and that works. Um, and the you know the characters have big followings. There's a huge female fandom uh, for this that come. A lot of it comes out of the dating thing. A lot of it comes out of why are there cars. Oh, this is a trailer that EA put out where they okay. showed off Dragon Age for the first time. I was like, time. if this is in Dragon Age 4, we're in trouble. Yeah, I like, can I scroll through it I here. don't think this is what, uh, what we're looking for in Dragon Age 4. <laughs> here it Although, is. Although, <laughs> no one would see it coming, right? <laughs> like, so yeah. everybody starts to face off, and then everybody jumps in their, their modified cars and, and just becomes Fast and the Furious. Fast that'd and the Furious be, Inquisition. That would be a game that I would play, Matt. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I would play that game. <laughs> Lives his life a quarter spell at a time. We need we need um, more video games that were designed like with the refrigerator magnets that have the words on them. Where you yeah, just, just throw just them. Just shuffle them up and throw them against the. I fridge mean, I and... think that's literally how they wrote the world book for uh, Dragon Age. <laughs> they just threw Tolkien magnetic poetry at the fridge, and it's like it's like oh, the elves are discriminated against in this one. Ooh, it's original. Um, yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think they do need to hit this one out of the park just to prove to everybody that Bioware still can do Bioware. Well, you know I remember I mean? Dragon Age Origins. When did that come out? Was that 2008? Yeah, I remember Miguel Lopez reviewed that for game trailers. And I did not have, I was really busy at the time. I did not have much time to play it. I had only played the first like few hours. And I remember he sent me the review for that in an email. And I looked at the score and my eyeballs almost popped out of my head. I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, dude. I was like, I've only played the first like handful of hours of this, but this is not. What I played was no. not up to this score. Same, I had the same reaction to our review. I was like, "Are you out of your?" M-? And I actually argued about it for a while and lost that argument. I, lo- I actually gave in to the argument eventually because he had very compelling. And look, he had played it for like fifty hours, and right. I had played like four. And I, I mean, was like, I, "I am not qualified I had to played, tell you you're wrong." I had played more like twenty, and I was like, "Your arguments are very compelling." If they were based in reality, but they're not because I pl- this game is basically a mod for KOTOR. Yeah. And it's not a good one. Yeah. Um, a lot of people loved it, though. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Like, I, I I I don't know. Maybe I know I've played too many Western fantasy things and been like, yeah. this is basically reheated leftovers, especially <laughs> the first one. Like, they got they, they, the, 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 the world and the, and the story kind of gains its identity more as you go through the series. And by Inquisition, it's definitely its own thing. Yeah. But the first game. And that's what we're seeing right now. This yeah. Is the first game is like it couldn't be more generic <laughs> like you could you could pull yeah. any fantasy novel off of a shelf in a bookstore and get something 
10 times more interesting than the world that's depicted in Dragon Age Origins. I don't get I don't get the love for that game at all. I didn't get it either, but I at the end I was like you I cannot argue against you. I've played it 4 hours, you played it for yeah. 50. So and again, in I'm the end trust you on this one. in preparation for Inquisition, I did go back and get all the achievements in Dragon Age Origins and uh, Dragon Age 2, which meant replaying those games at least 3 times each. Yeah. So I have played Dragon Age Origins to absolute completion. Uh, I've probably put almost 200 hours into it, most of it out of spite. And uh, my opinion on that has not changed. It is yeah. it, They are a bad game. That is a bad game. Okay. Um, <coughs> anyway. Do you think there's really that much excitement for this game? It doesn't... There it, is definite excitement for it among the fans of the franchise. Right. Yes. But I just mean in general. Because, like, I look at the data I th- I think on Sifted. General it's page that doesn't do a lot no, of No, because there's nothing to fucking look at. Yeah. Like, there's, once it gets going and we start seeing gameplay videos and start, like, start getting an idea of what this is and when the thing... I mean, there's no reason to care yet. You know? Like, yeah. at most, at least, it's a year and a half away. Yeah. And, That's why we, and we all surprised. know that they really mean 2024, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why like, I'm not all that surprised to get this news, because we haven't seen anything of it. Been a while. Just, like, these little in-game, in-engine shots, but no gameplay, no nothing. Like, yeah, I mean, look, the I think this game and, you know, the new Mass Effect are sort of, you know, this is, Bioware's got to show that they still got it in some c- capacity. And mm-hmm. the fact that people keep leaving this project doesn't really give you a lot of confidence it doesn't right? yeah um, yeah because um the senior creative director just left in november mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean to be fair it's been how many years i can see why someone would want to move on um it's been three and a half years since it was announced yeah and still always so it's got to have been before that they were working on some pre-production yeah. and stuff <laughs> and think of you're right imagine working on that for like four years mm-hmm. and you're like uh we're two years away See ya. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see where they go with it, but like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. to some degree, you almost want to say it's like just. I mean, look, Inquisition was not a huge winner in terms of game design. Like, the quest got very repetitive, and a lot of it was very generic. Um, it was really only the um, only the cutscenes between missions that really like yeah. you know gave you any kind of meat to, to chew on. But there were some things in it. Like the there's there's the one thing where where one of the main quests is like. You have to go to a party with Vivian, and like the whole quest is just like intrigue and conversation and costume balls and stuff. And I thought that was great. Like there was not a single bit of combat in that whole thing if you played it right. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was awesome. Like yeah. more of that. Like more of the political stuff. Like weird intrigue and and trying to like maneuver and stuff. like that was really cool. Like like that was Bioware doing Bioware. Yeah. Um, because the other thing that I think has to be noted at this point is um, don't lean into the combat. Yeah. Like, Mass Effect pulls the combat off. Mm-hmm. Dragon Age does not. Melee combat is not uh, Bioware's strong suit. No. Um, it's definitely not. So, kind of, and, and Inquisition sort of, like, found a balance where they sort of let that play itself. And I did enjoy Inquisition's, like, exploration thing. I, I, you know, there was a nice surprise where you go to the Hinterlands, and, like, you're in the Hinterlands for, like, nine hours. And then suddenly you realize that, like, that's not the whole game. There's, like, a whole bunch of other places to go. Yeah. I remember one of the one of the – somebody posted – I think it was on – what was it on Twitter or something? And someone just put a jo- all in caps. Leave the hinterlands. Like, <laughs> like that is not the whole game. Like that's not the. the that's like, funny. Like early on, because you're self-contained for all this, you hit yeah. a point where you're like, oh, I can't beat this dragon. I'm way underpowered. I'm stuck here. I can't, I beat what am I supposed yeah. to do? And you go back and like, oh, there's there's other places. <laughs> okay, okay, I see now. Um, so yeah, the other places are not as extensive as the hinterlands, but there are pretty big areas to explore, and I really enjoyed that part. 
Um, and then Mass Effect uh, Andromeda sort of bunted and reskinned itself, reskinned Dragon Age Inquisition into being Mass Effect Andromeda, which did not work for Mass Effect Andromeda at all. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it was. I, I they do need to come up with a new idea. I don't know what that idea is, and maybe that's what's taking so long. Um, and maybe there's a little bit of you know, I don't know performance anxiety or, or you know freezing up a little bit because you're like, oh, like how do we do this? Because there's got to be a point where like if you underperform enough with these games that like Bioware goes away. Yeah. You know? Well, it seemed like the CEO in his statement was like, we realize what's at stake yeah, here. In the, so. I mean, in the wake of that's Mass Effect. That's why it's and, also taken so long. Yeah, in the wake of like, Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem especially. Yeah. Like you got to think that some of the, you know, you're sort of fighting for the company's life at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing we should note about this. EA is not afraid to take the companies out back and send them to a farm up north. that is yeah, not like, afraid, yeah. it's EA. One thing I should add about this topic is that Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat was one of the journalists who reported on it. There's another prolific leaker on Twitter who also mm-hmm. shared the same rumor. Um, that story on VentureBeat has been taken down. Yeah, I saw that, or saw the lack of that. Yeah. But he also was the one who said, I bet we're going to find out about the future of Star Wars games soon, like yesterday. Yeah, I'm not saying he's wrong. Yeah. I'm saying the story has yeah, been taken story got down. Killed somehow. Which... That and just from my experience, that could be a number of things. He could have misreported something, misunderstood something. There's something wrong in the article that prompted him to take it down. Or Electronic Arts or Bioware could have contacted VentureBeat and been like, "That story is bullcrap. It's mm-hmm. not true. Um, you need to take it down." And then that's when it falls on the EIC to make the decision on whether to pull it down or not. So I don't know what happened there. I will say this. The person who tweeted the information, those tweets are still up. They mm-hmm. haven't backtracked on it. Um, so I don't know if EA got to VentureBeat and decided to have him take it down or if Jeff did it on his own. But or maybe that, he decided he just couldn't confirm it enough for his taste and maybe, decided to backtrack on it. But that article's gone. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind. That um, said, those tweets seem pretty believable to me. Oh, yeah. I mean... Something's up with this thing. Tweets live forever. So yeah, uh, he, yeah. I feel like if that that person got conflicting information, that he would have taken his tweets down, or he would have followed up in the thread saying, "Hey, just got new information. It's actually coming out in a month or whatever." So um, yeah, I don't suspect we'll see Dragon Age until Q1 2024. Would be my guess. Yeah, I mean they've they also have tradition. I think Inquisition was a Q1 game too. Hmm, I don't remember. That was that was like 2014. Yeah. That was one of the early next-gen games. Interesting um, side note on that. The very first game page ever created for Sifted. And that so when you're developing a site, you create one thing, and then you tweak that one thing until you get it the way you want it, and then you launch it out, and it propagates the whole site. The very first game page on Sifted was Inquisition. <laughs> so I stared at a lot of Dragon Age Inquisition for, like, weeks while Brent and I worked on the game pages and how they're going to look and how they're going to work and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, that was – it's 2014, I think, mm-hmm. is when that was. That's when we were developing. Yeah, it was definitely early 2014. Yeah. So there you go. That's the latest on Dragon Age 4. Next up, as we said in the open, big news broke open this morning coming out of Respawn. Respawn working on three different – Star Wars games right Inquisition now. Inquisition was November, apparently. What did you say? They say Inquisition was November. Okay. Hmm. I've associated that with an early part of the year, but maybe I played it late and it became the early part of the year. That's right when we really started working on the nuts and bolts of Sifted, so that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because before that, it was all pre-production and me trying to <laughs> explain to Brent what Sifted was going to be and him trying to figure out if he could actually build it or not. 
Um, so that does make sense because towards the end of 2014 was when we were really starting to put like click all the parts together for mm-hmm. it. So that that adds up for me. Um, anyway, Respawn this morning announced that it's working on three Star Wars games. Now, obviously, we know what one of them is, and right. that is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2. It's already been officially announced. Probably should be getting the first media from that not too long from now, yeah, I would guess. Be coming along. I, w- I would expect to see some kind of teaser trailer on, like, May 4th. Yep. Do you think we're going to see all this stuff on May 4th? Maybe. Like, maybe just, like, logos. A lot of these, I think a lot of these are way out. Oh, yeah. Way, way out. When do you think we're going to get uh, Fallen Order 2? Next year. Not yeah. this holiday season? No. End of next year. Yeah. End of next year. Wow. I think it's holiday 2023. That seems like a long time. Because the game's been out now for two years? Something like that. So you're saying a five-year development cycle? Hmm? It's out, been out for two years already, the first one. And yeah. now you're saying it's gonna, the next one's going to come out two years later from now. So yeah, that's four. four. Yeah. Seems pretty long. Respawns, it's not the six-year development cycle studio usually. No, but who knows? I, I don't it's very. I don't think we're seeing very it this efficient. Year. I don't think we're seeing it this year. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I would. I would say maybe mid-year next year though, instead of Q4 yeah. next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they announce it for like early next year, but it slips. Okay. All right, I can see that. But Respawn also doesn't delay stuff very often. Not usually, no. But we'll see. Respawn is really one of the better studios in the industry. Respawn does seem to know you get its shit schedule. done. It's pretty realistic about its yeah. milestones. Yeah. When it announces stuff, it's you could almost put it in stone that that's what's going to happen. Uh, but anyway, the first game that everybody knows, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2, sequel to the semi-open world action adventure um, that was my game of the year, the year that it came out. Mm-hmm. Was it yours that year? No. Yeah. I'm surprised that I picked the Star Wars game and you didn't for game of the year. What year was that? It, it was, was a slim, it was kind of slim pickings that year. Yeah. That was what, 2019? Yeah. Yeah, there weren't any major, there was like three or four games that were all kind of banging around up there for yeah. the award from me. And I went with uh, I can't remember what Fallen I, Order. What I picked that year. It was not that. But what I'm getting at is that it's a really good game. And yeah. if you haven't played it yet, you should. Um, and you, according to Matt, you're going to have plenty of time to do that before the sequel comes out. Yeah, I think you're good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, it's not that long. I think I finished it in 24 hours or something, roughly like that. Mm-hmm. It's not like gigantic or anything. Uh, but it's still worth your money. Sekiro. That was my... That was my oh, you're confusing it with Sekiro. No, I picked Sekiro. Oh, you picked Sekiro. Right. Well, you know that's not going to happen for me. No. <laughs> um, and then the second game that they announced today is a first-person shooter. Um, and they announced the game director like I should know who he is, and maybe I should. Yeah, I don't recognize that name. His name Peter Hirschman. They, I believe he's worked on Star Wars stuff in the past or whatever, or worked on a, a Star Wars game in the past that people liked. Um so Star Wars first-person shooter, Matt, is it Star Wars Battlefront 3? I hope not. What else would it be? Republic Commando. You think? I prefer that, yes. I don't... Uh... I don't think it is, man. <laughs> I think... I don't think it's Battlefront. Really? Because, no. dude, Battlefront, it, it sells like 14, 15 million copies. Yeah, but it's also not what Respawn does. It's a shooter, a first-person shooter. Not like that. Not like this huge, sprawling, open, like, Battlefield-style thing. That's not what Respawn does. So you think it's going to be like Call of Star Wars? Uh, could be, yeah. So yeah, he was at Lucasfilm for a little Lucas Arts for a while. He's listed as a producer on uh, and DreamWorks. Uh, he's listed as a producer on Medal of the first Medal of Honor. Okay. Uh, Secret Weapons over Normandy, Mercenaries, Playground of Destruction. Um, 
He was the director on Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Um, and he's also credited on um, uh, Star Wars Empire at War. Sounds like a good pick to me VP to lead production. the game. And he was uh, listed as the staff li- LucasArts staff liaison for Soul Calibur Four, which had the Star Wars characters. In it. Wow. Okay. Um, so he has definitely dealt with the uh, uh, with the situation before. Um, he was also part of Force Unleashed. It sounds because he was definitely he was in a Force Unleashed video documentary. Um, so yeah, he he knows the he knows the subject matter. They got the right guy. Sounds yeah. like. Um, yeah, I I hope this is something different. I hope this is. Um, uh, not a Battlefront thing. I hope this is a new take on the uh, the, sh- the Star Wars shit. There's plenty of things you can do with Star Wars as a shooter that is not Battlefront. Uh, I know it sells really well, but like almost anything will really sell well, well. is good. Um, and I think Battlefront, you kind of... I, I can't see anyone but DICE really trying to something on that scale. Um, and even DICE didn't pull it off the second time, really. Yeah. Um, could Respawn do it? Probably. But it's just not... has never been the thing that they're interested in. So I would expect it to be more about maybe a Republic Commando thing or even a Mandalorian thing or a um, uh, something akin to Shadows of the Empire, um, that sort of thing. Uh, any of that. Huh. Uh, hell, at this point, it could be that could be where the, the Squadron's full-fledged thing comes from. They've done vehicles before. I really think it's going to be like Star Wars of Duty. Could be. It just makes too much sense. Could I mean, be. he created that template, and he hasn't been able to do it for a yeah, long time. Yeah, Medal of Honor style, yeah. And, I mean, with the Star Wars license, like, if there's one game that could maybe topple Call of Duty, no. that might be it. Nah. Really? No. There's too much momentum on, on Call of Duty, and it's too universal. There's too many people that wouldn't want to do Star Wars as a license. I mean, Matt, the last Battlefront, Battlefront 2, sold 15 million. That's only five short of Call of Duty. Yeah, but who's still playing it? It, do, it doesn't matter. Who's playing that Call of Duty from that year? Nobody. They're playing Vanguard mm. now because it came out. Right, but you're not going to put this out every year. like So it's, it's, it's not going to supplant Call of Duty for anything. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe for a year it does. Outsell Call of Duty I mean, Because you're right. They're not yeah. going to put it out every year or whatever, like Call of Duty no. will. But maybe for that year. You're also underestimating like the toxic bros who make Call of Duty what it is and how much they hate Star Wars now because there's women in it. Oh. <laughs> um, there's, Star Wars is not the universal slam dunk it used to be because it's divided the fandom into people that think that you know black people are political and people who think that they should right. just be in things. Yeah. Um, I would argue though that I don't think most of the people who play Call of Duty are like that. They're just have, have you have you talked to them? I do. A lot I, pl- of I play it all the time. But you, those people that you're talking about, Matt, are just like. Creepy otaku. They're not the dude bros that buy Call of Duty. Like they're the both. dude bros, they're both right. They're both. But like, yes, a lot of them are. Like, yeah, there's a lot of anime are just avatars out dudes there. Dudes that play football at their high school or whatever. Those are the people who play Call of Duty and make right. Call but of a Duty. lot of those people, if you look at the people who are complaining about Admiral Holdo, they are also those people. Really, I'm yeah. surprised to hear that. I mean, there's plenty of people with anime avatars doing the same thing. Sure, that's who I think but it like, is. It's not. It's not. It's it's a pretty even split on that. Wow, that's surprising to me. Um, Misogyny comes in all forms, Shane. But I would also argue it does. But I would also argue that if a game is that good and you can't deny how good it is, people are going to play it. Yeah. And th- and they if look if Vince is working on this game in any capacity, it has a chance to be the best shooter of the year. Let's be honest. It could. I mean, like, what shooter has he made that hasn't had a chance I, to be shooter of the year? I mean, I've even already seen people that I know who are not toxic weirdos being like, "Oh, I think that sounds like too many Star Wars games." Oh, really? And I'm like. <laughs> 
we've gotten four, we've gotten four in ten years. I don't think there's such thing as too many Star Wars games. Right How now. hilarious is it though, Matt, that EA had this license exclusively for what the last five years? Yeah. No, and it longer did, like, than that. They got it in 2013. Yeah, and it did nothing with nothing. it. Absolutely they take the nothing. license away exclusively, and they announce three games. Yep. What the f? Because they know they got to do. Also, Respawn's <laughs> the only one that's actually pulled anything <laughs> off reliably. Like that's been great. Yeah. I mean, Battlefront One sold well. You know, obviously both of them sold well. Both, both Battlefront. Well, Battlefront One sold unreasonably well yeah. because it was the return of Star Wars and Force Awakens. Fever right. was a big. I mean, that thing sold like 25 million copies or something. When it was all said and done. Um, yeah. yeah. And like you know, Battlefront Two obviously was never going to sell that many. Like people were like, "Oh, see, like the microtransactions made it made it tank." Okay, ten million copies sold is not tanked. Yeah, uh, and it was never going to sell Battlefront One numbers because the zeitgeist just wasn't there for it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Battlefront Two was largely a better game than Battlefront One, mm-hmm. um, it had issues at launch though. Of course it did, but like it's still better it, mm-hmm. overall. Well, they um, both had issues at launch. Yeah. Um, and they're good, you know. I like them, but like I just—that's enough. Like I don't need any more Battlefront for a while. Like, I mean, it's been a couple years now. Yeah, it's still good. It's still <laughs> all right. No, no worries. I mean, so Battlefront is like—it's like Battlefield. Yeah, Star Wars Battlefield. Yeah, I mean it's, that's what it started as with open, pan- the pandemic. Bigger teams. Yeah, it's huge, always been a Battlefield clone. Huge going back to the pandemic yeah. versions. And so I think. A Star Wars more closely allied with Call of Duty would be even bigger than that. Right, and that's what Republic Commando is. Yeah. Like, you know, not necessarily, I mean, Republic Commando had the four-man squad sort of swap between them mechanic, which is not necessarily, but like, yeah, like, if you're going to do that, you are either a rebel soldier or a stormtrooper. I think it's easier to do a a Clone Wars era thing with that because you're fighting robots, which means you're not going to have an M rating for shooting shooting organic creatures. Uh, you're you know, robots and monsters, basically, like you know, trained oceans or whatever. Um, and that way, uh, the re- you know, having them be the Republic uh, soldiers uh, kind of gets you away from the whole you know, the Empire is Nazis thing. Right. Because otherwise, you're putting them, <laughs> you're putting the player on the side of the Nazis. Yeah. Which uh, even Call of Duty has never tried to do in the <laughs> campaign. So. Yep. Not yet. Uh, so anyway, those are the first two games: Jedi Fallen Order, and then a brand new shooter from Respawn, and then the third game. Is we'll let the police chopper fly overhead. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it doesn't land here in our parking lot right behind me. I don't think there's room for that. That was really low. Felt it in my heart a little bit. Um, and then the third game is a turn-based strategy game based on Star Wars, and the studio that is working on that is called uh, Bit Reactor. It's a brand new studio made up of former XCOM developers. So mm-hmm. basically, we're going to get Star Wars XCOM from Respawn. How do you think that's going to go over? I mean, I can see that. Like, that seems like a pretty pretty easy, you know, trans- translation to, like, a, you know, Rebels versus Empire thing. Um, sure. Why not? That is one genre that you can just slide it into any IP, just about. and it always works. Anything that's got, yeah, as long as you got ranged weapons, you're pretty much ready to go. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a big XCOM fan. That sounds like a game I should be really excited about. What about you? How do you feel about it? Sure, maybe. Like I, I I'm hot and cold on those kinds of games. Like I, sometimes they grab me, sometimes they don't. It's going to kind of depend on like what kind of like meta is in place. Like XCOM hooks me largely because of. Um, kind of the continuity of building the base and sort of the consequences of the missions. Like, that's the stuff I like in that. Mm-hmm. So if you make that, like, a dynamic kind of campaign for the galaxy, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. 
like if it's Marvel's, just a series of skirmish maps, I'm not so interested in that. Agreed. Um, like Marvel's Midnight Suns, right. there's probably not going to be permadeath in this game. <laughs> right. Well, I think there will be for, like, troops. You know, but you'll probably have... You'll just have, like, stormtroopers. Yeah, your stormtroopers and rebel guys will probably be able to die. And then you'll have, like, generals or whatever that probably can't. They will be the big stars from Or maybe they will. You know, they they are not... In the past, Lucasfilm has not been afraid to do alternate versions of... You know, I mean, all the DLC for Force Unleashed was murdering the main characters of the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, You know, the the forces... uh, uh, Empire at War, like, you could kill the, the characters all the time. You know, you can definitely kill them off. They came back later. But like, uh, you know, they're not afraid to do that. Do kind of an alternate timeline thing where you, you uh, do horrible things to the existing characters. So I could see that. Like, you know, and that would that would ratchet the tension up. Like losing Luke Skywalker is probably a good reason to reload your save, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the you know the plot template for these game these games generally, where you're part of this elite squad and you're trying to spread your influence and you're building a base and all, all that stuff will work with Star Wars. It just snaps right into place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the IP is a good match for the genre yeah. in general. Um, <clears throat> they can do it with Gears of War. They can flip and do it with Star Wars. That's, yeah. Or <laughs> that's, Mario. <laughs> right. They can do it with Mario. Um, they can definitely do it with Star Wars. So I think that's a good fit. Um, it seems like they have the right teams and people in place for all three of these projects, Matt. Yeah. Um, are you excited about this? You don't seem very excited. Uh, because I'm... It's so, it's they're be so years far away. away. Yeah, like you're t- probably talking about 2024 for uh, you know at least one of these. Yeah, yeah. Best case scenario, I mean, Jedi Fallen Order, I think will come out at some point next year. Yeah, I think Jedi Fallen Order is next year. But like these these two, I'm, I, you're looking. I think that's probably 2024 and 2025. XCOM game, you could probably build it in two years, mm-hmm. 2025 probably. Yeah, the shooter, that one may be a long ways away. Could, yeah, it could have some iteration. I mean, if they've just started working on it, it could be a lot. Somewhat, of although if you're just going to kind of build it on top of the tech they already have for Titanfall, like, might might be too pretty. F- I mean, you could have Scout Walkers in that. Yeah. Because of the Titan the Titan thing. You can yeah, adapt absolutely. that to be Scout Walkers pretty yeah. easily. Well, it's funny. We were talking about it, and in the footage, I saw an ATST like, shooting me. Well, mm-hmm. I was, like, trying to run and, like, capture a flag um, and I then I was like thinking, well, if it's a Call of Duty style game, I wonder if it would have that kind of stuff in it. it could, I mean, maybe some Call of Duties have done stuff like that. Yeah, not much though. Not much. They I keep mean, vehicles out of it pretty yeah. much. But like the the Scout Walkers, you know, I think could could fit into like a smaller scale thing. It's one, mm-hmm. you know, probably not a not an ad ad like that's a little too big. But um, a ma- I mean, you could call them in as like kill strike, uh, kill streak things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could absolutely. Those could be the kill streaks. Yeah. You could you could make some cool cool kill streaks yep. with the Star Wars Call Remember of Duty. Remember the respawn game. guys are the ones who invented that. So. Yeah, and I even imagine just like playing Call of Duty with Luke Skywalker. Like, mm-hmm. what does that entail? Sloppy melee, or <laughs> like, like his super is like Jedi powers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because you know most Call of Duties now have operators and they'll have that one special ability that they can perform. And mm-hmm. um, when they build up the meter or whatever, like. I don't know. My head's kind of swimming thinking about a Star Wars coded Call of Duty game. Yeah, it kind of depends where they want to set it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine you're going to do some kind of like galactic Civil War thing, which is sort of like the, the pop- most popular era. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, there's a lot of different ways you could go with it. You could either do that, which is sort of the most universally popular thing. You could do a... Uh, Set it more during the current Disney Plus shows, which is like post Return of the Jedi. 
um, to cash in a kind of the current, you know, zeitgeist, what everybody's watching. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know. You could do it. Uh, you could do a Clone Wars era thing because that's pretty popular with the uh, the 30-something set because they grew up with the prequels. Oh, I didn't um, tell you, Matt. Why? They're not going to be set during the sequels. I can pretty much guarantee that. That's not going to happen. While I was home for the holidays and because I had nothing to do, I watched the Clone Wars. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good show. I can't believe I waited so long to watch it. Yeah. Rebels is better. It's amazing. I watched some of that, too. Yeah. I, went to, I hung out with one of my big Star Wars buddies from way back in the day. Back Like, we collected Star Wars figurines mm-hmm. together, like, in the 70s and 80s. And he's a huge Star Wars fan. And so I sat down and watched him with him. And, yeah, it was mm-hmm. all that. If you haven't watched it yet, Clone yep. Wars, amazing. Yeah, and you have those moments where you're like, who is this for? I like, know. You're like, like you're making this cartoon for getting like people just getting executed on stairways. Yeah, it's but it's like, like the best Star Wars. Yeah, it's like, great, and it's a cartoon. I mean, that's Filoni. That's Dave Filoni. That's the guy who made Mandalorian. Now, yeah. like that's I should have mentioned that before. That guy, really good. That guy knows Star Wars like nobody else. Yep. Uh, but anyway, to sum things up, um, I'm excited for all three of these games. Like incredibly yeah, they're excited. All good ideas. I'm excited. They have the right people in place. They have the right team there to help build it. Um, they've proven that they can handle pretty much all these genres, yeah. except for the strategy stuff. they're probably not going to do it in Frostbite, so that's even better. Yeah, yeah. And they, even though they haven't done a strategy game before, that's okay. They have this other studio that's done yeah. five of the best that have ever been made. So um, I think this looks good for the future of Star Wars games. Yeah. I don't know why it wasn't the plan seven yeah, years ago. I don't know ago, why this didn't happen like, a long time ago, yeah. but better late than never. I guess. That's the way I look at now it. Now that they got competition. Yeah, yeah. That's really the problem, isn't it? EA doesn't... EA doesn't have it competition, it just doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah, because now Ubisoft Madden. is making a Star Wars game. There's all these other companies yeah. that are working on stuff. So now, now. they got they got to deliver. That whip got cracked. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to earn the right to keep doing that. And Respawn yeah. clearly likes doing them. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure Lucasfilm is happy with that because they're the ones who made a good Star Wars game. Right. And yeah. and disproved that whole thing about like, oh, nobody wants single player games. Mm-hmm. You. Wrong. absolute muppets <laughs> what are you talking about yep okay it's time to move on to our last topic for today's episode before january's over and this is our last episode of january today's the 25th so yeah next week's show will be just a couple days before my birthday that's exciting um before january is over we want to put the final cap on 2021 before it's too late and it seems absurd to do it and this week <clears throat> excuse me MPD released the top 20 selling games from 2021. And I have to admit, I was unpleasantly surprised by this list, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. Let me actually bring it up here on screen for people so they can see it while we discuss it. And we'll switch over here so you guys can see it. <clears throat> the top two selling games of 2021. 20. 2021 is Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. The top two selling games. So the Call of Duty that came out last year, which is Vanguard, and the one that came out the year before, Black Ops Cold War. Yeah, I mean, that says more about 2021 than anything else. It does. I mean, that's a huge indictment on 2021. Um, It's the list, the whole list, though, is like this. Although I will say, uh, number four, you got Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and that does not include digital sales. I bet if you include digital sales, that thing jumps a couple spots. Maybe a couple spots, yeah. Well, I don't, do you think it tops Black Ops Cold War? Yeah, I think think Diamond Pearl tops Black Ops if you uh, include digital. You got to realize you're only getting, you're only losing the first month of sales for Black Ops Cold War, and it sold 20 some million. Mm -hmm. So I, I think. 
Pokemon. Yeah, I, I'm going to say you're losing about a third of the sales on Pokemon by not including digital. I, I think it has a shot. Maybe. I don't know. I think it may top on Madden. I don't think it's going to top either of the Call of Duties. But look at Madden at third, Matt. Madden mm-hmm. had gotten to a point where it was only selling like three or four million a year. And it has rebounded a little bit. I didn't know that it rebounded that much. That's a lot. I mean, it's third. The third yeah. best-selling game of the year. When was the last time it was up there before? I can't remember the last while. time. Like and Usually it, it hangs out around nine, as I yeah, recall. And it only has four or five. It doesn't have the whole year of sales either. Mm-hmm. That's only four or five months of sales. It comes out the first week or two of August every year. But wow. And then the other thing, too, is that it was broken. Mm-hmm. Like it, well, nobody knows that until they buy it, right? I mean, they did know it. Like, reviews said that it nobody was busted, and I guess apparently not. If people no buy one... Madden, just go buy Madden. Yeah. No one's reading game reviews for Madden. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, well, they discovered the hard way. Yeah, now they, yeah, they learned. Yeah. <laughs> and they may start reading This chart doesn't say who liked it. They reading them now. Yeah, it just says who bought it. <laughs> yeah. So I am shocked to see Madden up that high, and I'm just wondering if that's just an indictment, <clears throat> as you said, on how bad the rest of the year was. Mm-hmm. I, well, because I think that's the thing is like you know you've got this sort of baseline sales you're going to get every year from the yearly installment stuff like Call of Duty and Madden and FIFA, but like usually you've got like big explosive sort of like exclusives and and hot hot games that kind of catch fire and they're the ones that do the big sales and, and sell the ten to fifteen millions and there weren't really any of those last year. Yeah. So you were just sort of left with the big franchise installment games hogging the top five of the list, and so that's why you've got you know. Call of Duties and Madden and a Pokemon and a Battlefield. You know, it's not like Battlefield wasn't broken either, but nobody knows that when they buy it. Well, I'm really surprised that Battlefield is at five. Well, people automatically buy these things. But so another story that actually almost made it into the show today is that Battlefield they're considering making parts of it free to play because yeah. it did so poorly. Yeah. But here it is sitting at fifth for the whole year. Yeah, but that's not good enough for EA. Apparently, oh, you're actually right because. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody's got to sell twenty million for yeah. EA, or it's a failure. Apparently, right. that's the way it's Square seems. Enix Tomb Raider theory of uh, sales <laughs> expectations. I mean, not only did it sell poorly, or at least we thought it sold poorly. Apparently, it sold better than most people thought. It reviewed terribly. Yeah, maybe that's the bigger surprise. Is that it's well, the fifth also, like, best-selling even, game as bad as it was? It's not surprising to me because nobody knows it's bad until they buy it. That's a launch day thing. Um, especially for games like that, like you know these franchise things, where like. These people don't read reviews. They probably don't even know where to find game reviews. They just want to play the game they they like every year. Yeah, and it doesn't I mean, occur Battlefield them, doesn't come out every year. Yeah, but most years, and it doesn't occur to them that that's going to be different from game to game. Like the idea that there's different teams or different ideas or different development cycles that like that like can lead to like better or worse or thing. Like they don't know that. They don't get that. That's not yeah. a, that's not a thing they're aware of. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's it's just an ignorance of the production process to some degree. It's also like it's like how people like freak out when they find out that like a Marvel movie's in reshoots. It's like every movie has reshoots. Yeah. Like, just, like, <laughs> like oh it, no. That's just how film works. It's a works. disaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think this is just sort of you're seeing like sort of the the automatic launch day sale franchises cleaned up this year because there weren't any breakout hits. There weren't any surprises, really. Um, I would like to see numbers on some of these. I bet some of these are pretty low. I yeah, mean, they won't we heard, share we that. We heard Vanguard is selling really low for a Call of Duty game, but it's still yeah. number one because everything sold a little down. Yeah. Well, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales in the sixth slot. Yeah. Now, to be fair, um, this is ranked on dollar sales, and Miles Morales is a half price. 
game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder how many people were waiting to play that on PS5. Which means, translation, it sold more. Yeah. Because it was a budget price game. Bucks. Yeah. yeah. So it actually, if, if you were looking at numbers, it probably outsold Battlefield Yeah, individual copies is probably way up there. Yeah. Um, which, hey, this is great. It's good to see that game get yeah. the recognition it deserves. Yeah. It's a great Mario game. Mario Kart 8 cannot be beaten. The cannot, Mario Kart cannot die. Mario Kart 8 at 7, it outsold Resident Evil Village. Mm-hmm. And that's not even including digital. Yeah. And the funny part is that Capcom is heralding Resident Evil Village like it was this sales revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil Village was 8th, the 8th best-selling game. The Resident Evil franchise dollar sales reached a new all-time high for the U.S. market from this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Resident Evil's never been a huge burn-the-charts-up seller. Yeah, 6, 7 million, something yeah. like that usually, which means this sold probably better than that. Yeah. But still, it got beat by Madden. <laughs> An annual football game. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Um, and we do have some quotes from MPD on this stuff. Because they supplied all the data for this. Um, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, Marvel, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Mario Kart 8, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Mortal Kombat 11 all appeared on both the 2021 as well as the 2022 best-selling charts. Mortal Kombat 11, Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Mario Kart 8 also appeared on the 2019 Top 20. There's three games in here that were have been... In the top 20 sales for the last three years. Yeah, that is not dead, which can't turn a lie. And in strange eons, even Mario Kart may die. <laughs> That's crazy. This is... You want to know why it's been so long since Mario Kart 9's come along? It's because you don't have to. This is different, Still- though. This has not been a part of the industry up until the last five years. Mm-hmm. Like, it just didn't happen. It was always all new games that made up the top 20. This GTA 5's not in here. Yeah, and some of them... You're right. That's a good point. But some of them, they're not even games as a service. Yeah. They're not even like ongoing games that would spur people to buy them four years after they were released. Let's start going back down through some some more of this stuff, though. Um, bring the list back up for everybody. MLB The Show, 21, ninth mm-hmm. spot. So remember, this was the first year that MLB The Show was multi-platform. Yeah, but it doesn't include Xbox digital sales. It doesn't, which would be the bulk of it. And yet, it's still at ninth for the year. Mm -hmm. Matt, what I'm really starting to think here... That's real good for a baseball game. It is, but... Well, ninth is good. But what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is that I think that the sales were just really low last year. Overall, yeah, I think so, yeah. I think that's just what it came down to, is that the sales weren't low, so a game like... MLB The Show mm-hmm. 21. This was 2021 was absolutely a down year for releases. Yeah, it was just sort of like meh. it was. I guess you know. I don't think I realized it until I looked at this though. Look yeah. at Far Cry Six, Matt. Eleventh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I finally finished that this week. I have not finished it yet. I finished it and deleted it. I'm to close get 110 to the gigs end. Back from my stupid yeah. hard drive. I haven't finished it yet. I'm really close to the end of it. But Matt, it's eleventh. Mm-hmm. Far Cry Six any other year is easily in the top mm-hmm. eight. Easily. And with the lack of competition this year, or last year, sorry, you would think it would have done better. But it's 11th. It, it was outsold by Super Mario 3D World. A game that's how old now? Hmm? Five years? Super Mario 3D World? I mean, it was a new release of it. 
Right, but it's still the same Wii U game that they re-released. Yeah, but it had the Bowser's Fury in it. That'll, that'll get the Nintendo fans riled up. Far Cry was outsold by MLB The Show. Yep. And it, look, it's multi-platform. It's yeah. not on just think, one platform. I think Far Cry is starting to hit a uh, saturation point. Apparently. Point, I, think, so. I mean, what do you think also, Ubi I does with it now? Also, I don't, think, I don't think the setting was that compelling. Me either. Like, I don't think that really, I don't think you see the Cuba setting and really, like, get excited about it. I had fun with the game, yeah, but it was it. the least excited I was to play a Far Cry before I played it, maybe ever. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked it better than 5, for sure, but five setting was more interesting to me before I played it. Than what happens was. to Far Cry now? This is a, fa- Matt, this is a failure. There's mm-hmm. no other way to put it. I don't know. I mean, I think they go again. Also, there is a post-credits tease um in far cry 6 that may indicate where they're going next does it seem exciting i liked it okay better than this better Uh, than kuba yeah i mean it doesn't indicate where they'd go um you know location wise but there's a hint at like what they might be doing next okay and i'm like oh okay if you do that i might be in um and then getting towards the bottom of the list here the only thing left for far cry is to go to mars (laughs) <laughs> they actually did that already in 5 yeah it was one of the, the DLCs that's right um, and then getting towards the bottom of this list you have more old games Animal Crossing New Horizons Minecraft NBA, NBA 2, 2K22 Minecraft is 15. evergreen Minecraft is there Valhalla Assassin's Creed Valhalla Super yeah. Smash Brothers Ultimate Mortal Kombat 11 and then 18th and 20th respect, respectively you have Back for Blood and Forza Horizon 5 yeah. I mean that's pretty good for Forza Horizon 5 considering Game Pass yes I, that's wasn't, that was my first thought. The other first thought I had is Back for Blood sold better than I yeah. thought. Well, now that I think about the games that are on here, I'm wondering if it did, in fact, sell better than I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think this is all relative. Yeah, I think these numbers are just low in general. And since they don't give you the numbers, you don't have a frame of reference to look mm-hmm. at. Um, so I did go through. It, this article also has um, all the platform-specific top 20s. So I went mm-hmm. through those. I'm not going to put them all up on the screen. I'm not going to bore you with that. But I went through them, and I... Wow, is Mortal Kombat 11 uh, it's insane. got legs? I know. It's insane. Um, but I did find some anomalies that kind of stood out for me um, on the specific uh, platform top 20s. Also, the, like Mortal Kombat 11 being... If it's by dollar sales, Mortal Kombat 11's been on sale for like 10 bucks, like a bunch of times. Less. So that's a lot of copies. That's a lot of copies sold. to sell. Yep. And actually, one thing I do want to mention before we move on is that one thing that makes me really sad is that It Takes Two tanked. Yeah, not on here. It's not in the top 20 at all. The only way I saw it is I I found it was 20th on the Xbox charts. Mm. And that's the only... And I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) It tanked. Game of the year. Mm -hmm. Tanked. That doesn't happen very often. Did you ever see a commercial for it? No. What a failure. The marketing. Yep. Wow. EA didn't put any muscle behind that That's stuff. terrible. And it didn't need to, it had to put muscle behind anything last year. Nope. What's it doing with all this marketing money? Trying to figure out how to make money on mobile, because they're terrible at it, would be my yeah, guess. They're, try, they're trying to figure out how to do NFTs in Madden. That's a travesty. You're right. That's a travesty, though, that this game sold that poorly. Yeah. I mean, it's game of the year. For some people. It's it was, certainly in the conversation. It was close for me. I mean, they won at the Game Awards. Yeah. And it was definitely in consideration for me as Game of the Year. I've never seen a Game of the Year sell that poorly. Ever. It's awful. Um, here's some things that I plucked out of when I was looking at the 
individual platform charts. So for Switch, um, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remake, first on Switch, fourth in the top 20. Monster Hunter Rise, six on the Switch chart, not in the top 20. Metroid Dread, 11th on the Switch chart, not in the top 20. New Pokemon Snap, 13th on the Switch chart, not in the top 20. Metroid Dread, 11th on the Switch mm-hmm. chart. And that's not including digital? No. Yeah. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. none of these games were. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the best-selling Metroid game still. You think? Um, I mean, all it'd have to do is sell 5 million copies, basically. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I believe Metroid Prime sold more than that over yeah. its lifetime. But in terms of, like, a 2D Metroid, that has to be the top-selling 2D probably. Metroid game. Yeah, I would guess that as well. Um, Monster Hunter Rise, sixth on Switch and mm-hmm. didn't chart in the top 20. That's insane. Capcom, there's no way Capcom will ever make another exclusive Switch Monster Hunter after this. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Where's Ratchet? Getting to it. Um, let's move to PlayStation. Spider-Man Miles Morales, fourth on the PlayStation chart, sixth in the top 20, as we saw earlier. MLB The Show, fifth on the PlayStation chart, ninth in the top 20, as we saw earlier. Ghost of Tsushima, eighth on the PlayStation chart. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, 11th on PlayStation, uh. not in the top 20. How many PlayStation 5s are out there now? 15? 10 mm. million? I don't know. I'm have to look that up. You would think it would have sold better than 11th on PlayStation is what I'm getting at. That's not good at all. Um, but nothing too peculiar there other than uh, Ratchet 10 Dings. million as of end of December. Okay. So if you sell to 25% of the install base, you're still only at 2.5 million. That kind of, that probably makes sense. Mm-hmm. I uh, think Ratchet's going to be a slow burn. Yeah, it'll keep selling it'll keep if going. people get PS5s for sure. Uh, moving on to Xbox. But if anything, we, we learned from that movie is that uh, apparently it does not really have mainstream potential. Yeah. That's a good point. Nobody cared. Yeah. Moving on to Xbox. Now, obviously, Xbox is a whole different animal because it doesn't really sell packaged games anymore. Um, Forza Horizon 5 was in the top 20, but it was sixth on Xbox. Way mm-hmm. down at sixth, which is crazy. Halo Infinite was seventh on the Xbox charts, also not in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, <laughs> who buys Microsoft games anymore? Right. I mean, and I was even surprised. on top of that, you're dealing with, you know, like there's so many PS4s out there. Yeah. Like That's the, why I was surprised that Forza Horizon 5 made the top 20. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 20th, but still it made it. Enough people bought box copies of that to get it inside the top 20 for 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, digital. It looks like those that includes digital. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then finally, Guardians of the Galaxy finished at 18th on the year. Hmm. Is it going to get a sequel? I feel like that's a coin flip. Probably not. Probably not. Because if you're looking at 18th in a really bad year for sales. Yeah, not great. The only thing that could really get get it a sequel, I think, is the fact that it was in the game, you know, the awards conversation so often. Yeah. Uh, there's a prestige element to it. I mean, my guess is it probably, looking at all the other numbers and knowing a couple numbers for reference, I would guess it sold probably 2 million copies. Mm. That would be my guess for Forza Horizon 5, and it finished just ahead of Forza Horizon 5. Maybe. I mean... I think it's more that because like Metroid Dread is in the 2.8 is three it? million range, so if it didn't make the top 20, you're mm. at least selling more than that. Oh, okay, I didn't. I had not seen the yeah. other data for Metroid Dread. I don't remember if that includes digital or not. Yeah, but like 
yeah, so if you're out doing Metroid Dread, you're definitely in the 3 million range. Um, I don't know how that compares, you know, platform to platform with Guardians. Well, it's Square, a Square um, Enix game, so you know they're not going to be happy with that. No, like they, they are expecting, I mean, who God, who knows what they're happy with at this point. Yeah. You well, they're Stranger, usually a lot more. You think Stranger in <laughs> Paradise is going to clean up like that? And come I on. think right now Square Enix thinks it will. But I think you're they're good wrong. luck. <laughs> yeah, I think they're crazy. <laughs> we'll see though. You never know. I've been surprised before. Um, but of all that, the biggest thing to me was it takes two. Mm-hmm. Just tanking. It's it's discouraging. If you're someone like me who likes creativity and innovation in games, and I place an emphasis on it, I know you're kind of the opposite. Um, this is discouraging. Not that surprising, but discouraging. Mm-hmm. There will always be creativity and innovation by the nature of the medium. Yeah. Um, one game. But uh, this was one case where a publisher gave them enough money to really make it come alive. Yeah. And then basically and then, let it die. Yeah. It's really. I bizarre. didn't see any promotion for it. I didn't either. None. No commercials or anything. Um, so there you go. Those are the top 20 games that sold in 2021. Not encouraging. I'll be honest. That was not a good year for video games, Matt. No, it was uh, definitely a down year. Yeah, I mean, we knew it. I remember it. You know, we were wrapping up the year. We're like, yeah, you know, this wasn't the best year for games, and next year is gonna make this look silly, and mm-hmm. it is. It is gonna make ne- last year look silly, uh, but still pretty discouraging. We uh, last year really, we saw the pandemic really hit the yeah. games industry. Yeah, a lot of stuff fell out and slipped to this year, which is good for this year. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, we you you uh, you felt the impact through the whole release schedule all through 2021, and even the stuff that did come out, a lot of it had sort of a mm mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's over now. Yeah, it's all right. Greener pastures, bluer skies. Yeah, it's Let's not it's it. not any kind of indicator of the future, any kind of like trend. It's just that's that was just the result of 2020. Yeah, 2020 is going to continue to screw things up in various forms for a long time to come. So yeah. Okay, there you go. Just That's sit, sit down with Horizon and Pokemon Arceus and forget about it. Yep, <laughs> and I'm about to. Uh, that does it for all our topics in episode 286. But now it's time for Name That Game. Name that oh, game. did Returnal even hit the chart at all? No. Yeah. Nope. I don't even know if it made it. In the top 20 for PlayStation. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Actually, you know what? It's worth it to go back and look at that. I'm going to do that right now because I can go right back to this article and we can look. And we'll look together. In fact, I'll bring it up so you guys can see it. Let's see. Now there's Nintendo. Here's PlayStation. No. No. It didn't even make the top 20 PlayStation games. It didn't even outsell Madden 21. It lost to Madden NFL 21. Wow, that's a shame. So we were like, oh, Ubisoft's all pissed off about Far Cry 6. <laughs> I don't know about that now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There you go. You asked and we delivered. Not pretty. Oh, I guess we're not getting a sequel to Returnal. <laughs> Man, that's brutal. Holy moly. All right. Well. It's time to have some fun and feel a little bit better. We're going to play Name That Game. It is a game, and I am the game show host, which is something I probably should never be, but I am in this case. And I give you five clues, and you try to guess the name of the game. It's very simple. Uh, the twist is that you're trying to beat this guy, Matt Kyle. 
who has an encyclopedic knowledge of video games. Now, you've only won this twice, so it's not really helping. Yeah, yeah, but still, the fact that you've won it all is pretty good. Um, You will win all ties, basically. So if Matt names the name of the game, I look over, and it pops up in chat, you will win it. And if you win, you get a six-pack of Sifted stickers that we will ship anywhere in the world. And I will say this, Matt. I think you're going to win this one. Hmm. I think. Um, but as I said, we he go... Jinx in that, just like every time you say it's going to be a short show. <laughs> I didn't say that today. And it is. And I thought I thought it was going to be, but I'm like, I'm not saying it, because... And now, now it is. It's 320. <laughs> well, we still have Q&A and Name That Game to get through. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's time for Name That Game. We have, I have five clues here. Um, try to guess the name of the game. That's all you got to do. Put it in the chat as quick as you can. Uh, and to- you guys are totally allowed to use Google. I write these clues knowing that you guys are going to use Google. You have a huge advantage over Matt. He still managed to beat you guys twice. I think that's impressive. All right. Here we go. For the first clue of name that game. It's a swinging good time. It's a swinging good time. Bionic Commando. Nope. That's a good guess, though. <laughs> that's a really good guess. Titanfall, no. That's another mm. good guess. And actually, let me bring up the chat here on screen so people can see what people are guessing. Um, does Google work? <laughs> does using Google work? Seems like it'd be too slow. It, Hot Shots Golf. No, that's a good one, too. Prototype, no. No one lives forever. That's a good one. Is that it? No. Nolan Elric got it. Wow. Pitfall. Yes, wow. and Wampler ended up getting it, too. I mentioned Pitfall earlier today. You did, and that's why I'm like, Matt's mm. going to get it, because you're also old school. Mm-hmm. Dang. Just from it's a swinging good time. I mean, that is the main thing you do in Pitfall. Jumping, I would say. Swinging. I guess. Like, but there's I, 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 so many other when options. You think, when you say Pitfall, I think swinging on the vine and standing on an alligator. That's yeah, it. landing on that little alligator. Those two pixels hit with the yeah. alligator's head. So you wouldn't land it in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Well, dang. Good job. I really didn't think you guys would get it that quickly. Yeah. Nolan said I said Pitfall last week as a joke. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, I said I did say Pitfall earlier. If you've been watching some of our content over the last couple of days, I've actually brought up Pitfall a couple of times. Yeah, and I, my next guest was going to be Space Channel 5. Oh. Because Swing and Report Show. Yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I worked hard on these, so I'm going to read yeah. the rest of the clues. Um, the next clue was gold bar wishes and diamond ring dreams. Oh, yeah. Would that have given it away, you think? Yeah. The gold bar and the diamond ring? Yeah. Uh, next was rattlesnakes, scorpions, and crocodiles. Oh, my. The fourth clue was it can get hairy when you head for the tunnel below. Mm. And Harry was Harry. the name of the lead character. Pitfall Harry. And if you played Pitfall, there's the world that happens above, and then there's this like yeah. subterranean and i'm up in the caves and you got to jump over the scorpions, scorpions which are the hardest hard. things yeah. to jump over yeah um and then the final one which would have definitely given away was great grandpa drake mm-hmm. um because to me it's the precursor to uncharted yeah. in a lot of ways um so there you go Congratulations. i'm surprised that nathan didn't have like some kind of like old like guy named harry that was his right mentor like they haven't worked yet. it in somehow yeah uh, but anyway, Nolan Elric, great job. Congratulations. In fact, I need to give you your round of applause for congratulations. And just send me a DM. You can do it here on Twitch. You can do it on 
sifted at Shane. You can send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. However you want to reach out to me, just do it. Um, make sure you include your full real name, your full address, including postal code and province, or if you live overseas, all that stuff matters. Uh, so make sure you give me the full address, and we'll get those stickers out to you. And congratulations once again. I really thought, Matt, you would have won that one if they had not got it on the very first clue. Mm -hmm. I think you would have won, but oh well. That just means we get to send out more stickers to you awesome people. Uh, okay, let's do some Q&A. We actually have some time this episode instead of like prior weeks where we're always just getting a question or two in before we have to get out of here. Uh, we do have some time to answer some of your questions or more of them than normal. Um, JM Rain, thank you for gifting subs. That's awesome, man. You rock. Um, ETH Demon, why are you shocked Smash keeps getting in the top 20 given it's as close to a guaranteed buy for anyone buying a Switch and the Switch has been on fire the last few years? Did we say we were shocked about Smash? I, I think didn't. that may be the only game on that list that we did not say that we were shocked at. I mean, I wasn't shocked by I'm never shocked by Smash Brothers. Yeah, I don't think we said that. I didn't. I don't think Matt did either. I'm not shocked by that at all. Um, Sneaky. Shane, can you read this so Matt doesn't think I'm a piece of garbage? <laughs> I'm not a Quantum Dream fan. I looked up the Quantum Dream controversy and ugh. I'm a fan of Detroit, the people in the world. It's created this huge community outside the game with the actors and developers promoting positivity and inclusiveness every night on Twitch. Ironic. That is ironic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't think you were a fan of Quantic Dream's horrible uh, business practices <laughs> and weird, uh, abusive uh, corporate culture. I just meant you were a fan of their games. Uh, but I guess you've only played Detroit. Yeah. Um, I, How did he not know this about Quantic Dream is my question. I don't, I don't, How do you watch Game Face and not know all this stuff that Quantic Dream has done? Shneeky doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to a lot of the gaming world stuff. He gets yeah. a lot of it from us yeah. and uh, from what I've seen in his comments. We've in, talked in about the it chat. a bunch of times. Oh, yeah, but like it's just, you know, like he doesn't care that much about it. And it's probably healthier or not, too. It is. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's, and like the Quantic Dream stuff is not super in the. I mean, people who like are excited about the new Star Wars game don't know about it either. Like, you know, if you didn't already pay attention to Quantic Dream. Uh, you probably didn't hear about that, and David Cage's comments are you know mostly out of interviews about other games, and like you aren't necessarily following that. It's it's the, one of the more it's not like national news the way Activision's scandals were. Um, Quantic Dream is, and also it's a French company. Nobody reports on that over here. It's like it's a harder thing to have heard about. I've heard about it because uh, I hate everything they've ever done. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I haven't uh, really liked anything. I I moderately enjoyed Heavy Rain. Yeah, Heavy Rain had until the, there was a huge plot hole that ruined the whole thing. Right. Thing. <laughs> well, Heavy Rain had its moments early on when you're so. But I do I do remember playing. Um, uh, I do remember playing an early copy of it at a Christmas party. I think it was some party I was at before it came out. It wasn't out yet. It was a review copy, and somebody had it at the party. And somebody who had never played—that's a no-no. Yeah, <laughs> but somebody who had never played it, like, was playing and like tried it. There was a lot of industry people there, but like, somebody who had never played it tried it, and like, I remember the whole room was just sort of like, you have to brush your teeth, you have mm. to open the mirror, you have to do that. <laughs> like, it was like, 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 yep. And like, the girl who was playing it was like, was like, I did all this this morning. And this isn't escapism. What am I? What's happening? Like, why? Why am I doing this? Exactly. It was. It was a. It was a hard it. sell early yeah. on. Yep. And then they cut a yeah, they cut a subplot out that basically never they never removed all of it. So there's a tease to like this and then like yeah, the plot hole you're talking about is because like there's an element that says like this is a thing and then that never comes back. You're like, well wait, what about the yeah, thing? Yeah, what about the no, thing? No, we're just not gonna talk about that yeah. again. It's like okay. <laughs> there there um, are the other plot holes too. Like like did you notice like she would take the shoebox out? And like open up the clue and then that would send you off on like the next mission or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
they were in the box the whole time. She could have just opened up all the clues and just had the whole thing just spelled right. out for her. How do you overlook that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. There's a lot of things I ask that question about with that company. I mean, like, how do you overlook the fact that, like, none of this makes any goddamn sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, Sorry. I can't recommend, you know, like Detroit or not like Detroit, I can't recommend trying the other two games. Um, I guess Fahrenheit or uh, Indigo Prophecy, as it's known in North America, has its moments, but then it's as soon rough, as it, as soon as it becomes like running away from giant fleas, it yeah. gets very, it, it loses something. <laughs> and again, just like every, and that is what they look like. Just like almost every, just like every David Cage game, there's a really awkward sex scene, and it's just like, ugh, like cringe. Like, yeah, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> it's cringe. Those games, all his games are embarrassing to me. That's the main thing. Yep. Um, Ugh. Like yeah. I didn't know there was a big community that had kind of sprung up in a positive way around that game. Um, I'm glad something good came out of it. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Okay. Next question, uh, Nolan. Since you one name that game, we'll answer your question. You guys into pinball at all? Lyman Sheets, the greatest pinball rules designer of all time by a mile. The Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmore of pinball recently passed away. He had four faces. <laughs> I have um, six games, and four are his rule sets. Rest mm. in peace. I don't Rest know the piece. name, but I love pinball. I love pinball, too. Um, I have loved it since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. until I was even tall enough to be able to look up over the top of it. Um, and I was even strong enough to like push the buttons to make the flippers work. I have loved pinball for a long time. I am not familiar with Lyman Sheets, though. I've never heard his name before. Uh, but I'll take your word for it, and absolutely, rest in peace. Thanks, Thanks to a legend. Um, OCD Master One, doesn't it bum you out a little that a developer as talented as Respawn is going to be working just on Star Wars for a while? Wouldn't it be cooler if they were working on more unique and diverse lineup of IP? There's enough Star Wars content out there. It doesn't need to cross over to every medium. There are more than nine movies, and they're also making like a million Disney Plus shows. Dude, you're talking about movies and shows. I don't give it. This is game yeah. face. I, this want, isn't, I want good Star Wars games. This isn't they, TV face or movie face. There was a period where you face. had great Star Wars games coming out all through the <laughs> 90s that all went away and it needs to come back. And I don't, yeah, put put the good people on it. I, no, I okay. disagree yeah, with no, you. It doesn't bum me out at all. No, the the great that. developers making Star Wars games. And Lyman all, Sheets did uh, everything. Like wow. Pinbot and like all the classics. Mm, not that far. Been Medieval Madness, okay. uh, Attack from Mars, Monster Bash, Revenge from Mars. Uh, Funhouse. No Fear. Uh, the Who, uh, Tommy, uh, a lot of recent stuff, more recent stuff, a lot of Stern stuff, which okay. is, I'm not as much of a fan of. Okay. Um, but yeah, he he's uh, he is definitely one of the most prolific designers. Well, look, while I agree with you that OC, OCD Master, that there's enough Star Wars content out there, this is a video game podcast, and there's nowhere near enough Star Wars video games. It's not no. even close. Like I said, four in the last ten years, and two of those were the same game. Yeah, no, ridiculous. I, I'm not bummed. Like I, they also are working on Apex Legends. They're not just working on Star Wars. So I, no, don't agree with that one. And I'm sure they got another thing in the pipeline that replaced Titanfall. Now that they've abandoned that Probably. for reasons that I don't understand. Um, Erebus Jones, how are you feeling about the reappearance of Lego Star Wars? Looks like they've mixed the formula up a little bit. Yeah, I think it looks great. Yeah. Holy moly. Dude, that. First of all, I don't know if you've seen the rumblings about Pokemon Legends Arceus. That well, I it's heard like, it's not great. No, I've heard it's like god tier. Really? Yes. I heard it's rough and not good. No, I haven't heard that at all. I heard hmm. it that people are like blown away by it. Hmm. Yeah. That is the opposite of what I heard. And I guess we'll find out soon enough. I'm not breaking embargo. I'm just repeating what is already out on the internet. That's not my opinion of the game. That's other. You don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> And anyway, I dude, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga looks amazing. Yeah. It literally looks like 
like that's going to be the best bargain in our draft, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it looks incredible, way beyond what we've seen from any other Lego game. I think it looks awesome. Um, Eric Cartmenes, thoughts on Bill's Chiefs game? Oh, boy. Greatest football game I've ever seen, maybe. Going back to maybe like the 70s, like the Steelers' immaculate reception, maybe a better ending to a game, but that one was right up there. Um, I think what he's probably really asking is like, what do I think about overtime? I think it's absurd. Um, the last 11 playoff games that went into overtime, the team that won the coin toss has won 10 mm-hmm. of the 11 games. That's always, I mean, I don't know a ton about football, but I, I do remember back uh, when I used to do the football Sundays every weekend at Lawrence's and like there was a big overtime thing with the Broncos, I think at some point. And when that happened, I'm like, wait, that's the rule. I'm like, no, that can't, yeah. that's ridiculous. I'm like, no, that's just sudden death. Whoever wins the coin toss basically wins the game. Well, it's and not. Like, they've tweaked it a little bit since then. It's not sudden death. It's only sudden death if the first team scores a touchdown now. Right. Um, and then the other team has a chance to match it. Because yeah, it used to be a field goal. If they kick a field goal, the other team has a chance to either okay. match the field goal or score a touchdown. So it used to win. still be sudden death even with a field goal, right? It used to just be sudden death. Yeah. Period. Score any, first team yeah, to anything. score anyway would win. And then they tweaked it to what it is now. It's still not good enough. It's a shame the game ended that way because I guarantee you if Buffalo had got the ball first – they would have marched down the field and scored a touchdown because neither team could play defense at that point. So it was an amazing game, a disappointing end to the game. And I would not be surprised. Yeah, that's the other thing about that rule. is like it's like both teams' defenses are gassed at that point because it's been going on so long. So, like, how is that a fair it's situation? Not fair. It's not fair at all. And there, Even I, I know that. Right. And <laughs> I do have a feeling that by next season they will change the overtime rules. And sometimes it takes stuff like that before it happens, but at least it happens so it can be changed. Um, register, register, subscribe for, for easy, allies. easy allies. Okay. Is it more profitable for Microsoft to keep COD exclusive or on all consoles? That is a math equation that I don't know if anyone in the world can figure out right yeah, now. I don't know. I'm sure they're working on it right now. It's, um, um, that's a tough one. There's so much that goes it, into it. Profitable. I don't know. Depends whether, how much they value getting people into their ecosystem over raw money. Right. Um, I imagine you'd probably make more revenue selling it on the on PlayStation, but like there's a, something to be said for, you know, if you want to play this, you got to come to us. Yeah, it's because it doesn't. I think people. It's very hard for people to break out of the who's selling more consoles. They're the winner because mm-hmm. we've been doing that for the last twenty some years. It's always been an easy way to figure out who's winning is who's selling the most consoles. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And because the if, date- if Microsoft could figure out a way to make a deal with PlayStation to put Game Pass on PlayStation, they would do that. Oh, believe absolutely. They don't yeah, care. They don't care. They'll put it on. Uh, the, Game Pass is going to be on your refrigerator in like <laughs> five years. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Like, it's that's what it's all about now. So it's hard to measure like who's the winner, who's the loser, who's making more money, who's making less money, because all that information is now hidden from us. NPD doesn't have that information. Yeah. And MPD is becoming increasingly irrelevant by the day, even though we just did a whole segment based on Although I did like somebody pointed out, um, you know, 70 billion for Activision. Uh, and so, I can't remember. It was Dan Amrick. I can't remember. It was somebody who's been in the, in the, in the press game forever uh, and, and back, back in the day. And he's like, I remember in 1992 when I started writing these things, uh, the value of the whole industry was $6 billion. <laughs> It's, I mean, that wasn't that long ago. It was only worth $6 billion. No. I mean, that, that's only 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, although no, that's almost 30 years now. So Crazy. Yeah. Well, what was, um, I, was it? Uh, 
is the same distance from today to 1970 as it was from 1970 to 1918. I know, dude. It's bizarre. Okay, let's get to a couple more questions before we go here. Ten years ago was 1990 to me, always. Like this, that's always, every time I say ten years ago, I mean 1990, just so you know that. Oh, here's, here's one from Ashes in the Hourglass. Just to diminish your worries, you should remember that It Takes Two was sold for, thir- was it 30? I thought it was 40. I can't remember. Anyway, he's saying 30 was basically double A and sold, he's saying it sold 3 million. I did not mm-hmm. see that number. Um, that's better than I thought, 3 million. Still not great, though, for a game of the Ashes year has this. been throwing out a lot of uh, sales numbers during this conversation. It makes me wonder where he's, where he's getting them from. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, where are you getting your data, Brad? I don't want to know. If you have access to MPD, just don't tell us and just keep giving us the data. <laughs> um, even Pactor won't give me MPD data anymore. <laughs> I still have some. He used to give it to me. Not back, even for your birthday? Back in the game trailers days, he used to give me MPD data. And I still have some of those files that I just never got rid of because it has the MPD report has data all the way back to the beginning of time. So ever mm-hmm. since they started tracking video game sales, they have it. So it has like GBA sales numbers and GameCube sales numbers and N64 sales numbers. And so I just never got rid of it. But now it hasn't been updated in seven years or whatever. So it doesn't have any of the new stuff in there. And he won't give it to me anymore. Um, Sean, Sean, Sean. Sean. What does that mean? Sean. It's a famous glitch from Heavy Rain uh, from, a, from a, a playthrough on YouTube where then he says, "I liked Heavy." You know Rain. where he's you know where he's <laughs> where he's screaming Sean at the end when, when Sean's in the, yeah, in the yeah, drain yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It was a glitch where he got the character got stuck like saying that over and over through the entire cutscene, like the whole end of the game while the bad guy is talking and while the, the whole time he's just the whole he's just like Sean, Sean, <laughs> Sean. Like between that and you know, press X to Sean. You know, like what was it? Uh, yeah. Because that was the thing. It uh, 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 I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember what that was. Uh, there was a press X to do something joke that Adam and I used to make all the time. Oh, it was the press e- press X to show your condolences or whatever. That was that's Call of that's Duty. Call that's of press Duty. F. Press F to to show condolences or something like that. Um, yeah. To to pay condolences to to pay respects. Pay respects, press F to yeah. pay respects. Yeah. No, there was a thing like. Uh, uh, press because you're running around the 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 mall at the beginning screaming for him. Uh-huh. And I was like. Did it glitch? Uh, no, nah, it was because it was press X to something. It was the it was another name. It wasn't Sean. It was the first kid's name that that gets abducted. I thought that was his no. Son's Sean name. is the one that gets abducted at the end of the game. The, uh, the I thought Sean was his son's name. Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's another one that they lose at the beginning of the game. Press X to Jason. That was what. Uh. Press X to Jason. That was the joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, minority games. Do you think that with Bobby Kotick continuing to accrue riches, what does it say for the present state of the industry? It's not the in- it's not the gaming industry. It's just capitalism. Um, I went through this actually on uh, Ask Shane Anything, which was just was published today for our patrons. Um, I talk about capitalism because I think a lot of people are getting angry over these deals. And they're trying to like make it personal or make it related to game. It's not. It's just. It's just capitalism. It's mm-hmm. the way it works. He's the CEO of a huge company that was just acquired. It's in his contract that if that is if it's sold, he gets paid yep. X amount of money. That's all it is. It doesn't say anything about the games industry. Yeah, it's nothing to do with the game industry. It's no. just. It's, it's capitalism. Like that. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, love it or hate it, that's what it is. Happens all the time. Doesn't yeah. make it right, but it is. It's just corporate culture. It's not game culture. Yeah, 
Noxator Nidus, did you see that Schreier reported Call of Duty comes to PlayStation for the next few years? I did not yeah, see that. That was that was earlier. To, like somebody else said that when we were ta- or like right after we finished talking. About oh really? It, so that, that just next, came out today. It's like point. next three years uh, will be Call of Duty will be on PlayStation, which is probably where the contracts end. Probably, I think few. I mean, I think more of like couple, but we'll see. Um, pretty sure I think they reported on it. Oh, it may have, maybe, but I left when, uh, after Vincent probably curated it after I left for the show. Favorite pie flavor, Matt? Um, key lime. I love key lime pie as well, but I think a banana cream is my favorite. Oh, uh, no. you say that, no. but there's a restaurant. More for you. <laughs> have you ever had the banana cream pie at um, Apple Pan? No, but I, I don't. I eat. think it would change your opinion it of it. It would not. What do you not like, the bananas? Yeah. They're it's very thin I also don't layer. like cream very much. Really? Okay. I like banana cream, but I'll eat any kind of pie. <laughs> I'm not picky. They're all good. As long as they don't have any nuts, because I'm allergic to nuts, right. I'll eat it. Yeah, no pecan pie for you. Yep. Oh, uh, they're saying they saw it on Reset Era. Veritas says Reset Era isn't a source. Uh, yeah. LOL. <laughs> mm. I'd agree with that one. Um, X to pay respects people are putting in here. Yep. Uh, just good what it takes to three million. Okay. F to pay respects. Yeah. Still not a lot. Um, Commander Fett, do you think that the federal government should break up big companies like Microsoft and Amazon since they are f- able to bully markets due to their other parts of the company making excess money? Example would be Xbox and Windows being separate companies. I don't think Microsoft qualifies there. Uh, Amazon does. Amazon has way too much control over things. Yeah. Microsoft doesn't really. If Microsoft could do that, they wouldn't have been in third place for right. the all yeah, last. They just gen. got their asses like, kicked yeah, for the last seven years. Like, <laughs> like I mean, maybe you can make the the argument in terms of operating systems, but like I don't think Xbox has that kind of pull at all, and ha- maybe has never had it. Yeah. Uh, Jam Rain. This is our last one for the day because Jam Rain's the man. He. Uh, I saw him earlier flooding the chat with uh, free subscriptions. Thank you, man. Um, what is up with the Silent Hill game you have commented is in development? No news. Yeah, no news. Fine question. Notice oh. we still haven't heard anything about Kojima's new yeah. game. Or Although, game. Uh, I mean, Del Toro uh, made it, dropped a little thing about Silent Hill at the Game Awards, but that's all we've seen. Who knows? What did he say? He, met, he said something about, oh, Silent Hill. I hope we get another Silent Hill at some point. Uh, like it, it, During his little, like, video recording thing but nothing like along the line nothing of, like it's coming, and I is coming i'm working on it no but he, he yeah. just he just he's like oh that's a weird thing to suddenly bring up out of nowhere guillermo yeah but uh i mean as far as random. i know it's in, it's in, you know who knows we may never see it who knows what konami's doing yeah but it, it, there's a lot been a lot of smoke there i'll tell you that it's much. coming something's coming they're just waiting for the right time to announce it um we'll COVID, get we'll yeah, hear about it soon. covid probably didn't help yeah, COVID didn't help. The fact that E3 has been a dumpster fire for the last mm-hmm. couple of years hasn't helped. Not that Konami really went to those. Yeah, but, but that's still the time where you would maybe, if you had a partner, your partner would push to kind of announce the stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's coming. We'll, we'll learn about it. I don't think it'll be all that long until we hear something about Silent Hill. So um, that's it, I think. got all, First time we've got to all our questions in chat in like two years. It's been mm-hmm. a long time since we were able to answer all your questions. Um Thanks, everyone, for showing up on the stream today. Next week's show is going to be a big one. We're going to have a couple gigantic games to talk about. Hopefully, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, whatever you want to call it, is as good as the rumblings I've been seeing. You'll have to wait until tomorrow to find out. That's when the embargo breaks for all the reviews for that. And we'll be here on Tuesday 
to talk about it as well. Um, if you're watching the show on YouTube or you're listening to the show out on any of the podcast services, and it is on all of them, also, if you're a YouTube viewer mm-hmm. who would prefer to listen to it, maybe when you're driving to work or during your commute or whatever, Game Face is on all the major podcast services. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, we're everywhere. Um, so if you want a more mobile version of Game Face, just search for it on your favorite podcast app, and we are there. Uh, if you want to see the show keep going, and we're about to get kicked out of this studio, by the way. We only have like a few episodes mm-hmm. left here before we're going to be homeless again. Uh, if you want to support the show to make sure it keeps going, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge as much or as little as you want there. Um, even a dollar a month makes a difference for us. We appreciate every single patron, literally every single patron. You do not get swallowed up on our Patreon like we you will on a lot of other Patreons for gaming. Um, so you can do that. If you can't afford to help us, totally get it. I've been broke throughout my life. I may be broke again. Who knows how life goes? Um, you can still actually help us financially without spending a dollar if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. Um, you can subscribe with Twitch Prime, and if you're on YouTube, the instructions for that are down below. Um, and you can give us a free $2.50 every month. Once you connect your accounts, you never have to do that again. You just have to go back every month and re-up the subscription at twitch.tv siftedgames. I know that's annoying, and it really sucks, um, but we'd really appreciate it. It does give us a free $2.50 just for you clicking a couple of links, so that would be awesome. Um, anything else? I don't think so. Slow week, yeah. but we still so, had a show. So slow, we're done before four. <laughs> Which is very rare. Um, it's going to be nice, though, to actually get done at a decent time. It won't take mm-hmm. forever to get the show to render tonight. And plus, I still have to do, tonight, another episode of our brand new podcast. So I'm going to record two podcasts in one day today which is exciting. Hopefully I can find some stuff to talk about in Good Morning Gaming that we haven't covered here. Mm-hmm. That's always kind of the rub, but I'll figure it out and I'll make it happen. Uh, thanks to everyone who supported Good Morning Gaming so far. Again, in your podcast feeds every morning as you get ready for work or you commute or you do whatever you do in your morning, we'll be there for you guys. So on behalf of Matt, who you can find on Twitter at mkyle, I'm Shane. You can find me on Twitter at dinfire. You can find Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game face is up and out.